Imagine a dimension slightly different from the one we're in. For me, it was Tuesday. History is the same, but it isn't. Welcome to the new 42. Hey everybody, this is Ken Masters, and you're listening to 42 Level 1. The new 42. Well, I can't take it on my son. Bra, 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 coming down for you. Damn it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another 42 Level 1. I am one of your hosts with a husky voice. I sound like I should be able to sing, but I can't. Um, Alice Kennedy, Happy New Year to one and all. Merry Christmas since we had a week off last week. Yes, Happy New Year. Um, this is episode 263, and my voice might go like this a few times, especially <laughs> if me and Andy disagree. Um, but yes, here with me, as always, the Twilight Princess of all games himself. Mr. Andy Rucker, here as always. And we've got another special guest tonight, Andy, I believe, don't we? We do, yes. Uh, my, my lovely daughter Bethany has decided to join us just to tell us her. Uh, Game of the Year stuff, so say hello, Bethany. Hello. <laughs> oh, it's the host of Puzzle It Up, famous YouTube channel. Check yes. it out. So, uh, just because it's quite late at night, what we're going to do is we're going to get her to tell us her Game of the Year stuff uh, first, and then she can get to her bed, because it is quite late over here. Yes, so welcome, Bethany, to the show. Yes, so I- I'm going to pass the headphones over to Bethany, and Bethany can tell oh. us all about what our favourite games were this year. Uh, It'll probably be much better. And you need to come over here. There you go. So you're talking to Ali now, okay? Okay. Speaking at the microphone. Hello, Bethany. Hello, Ali. Hello, welcome to the show, Bethany. How are you? What was your favourite games this year, Bethany? One of them was Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, what did you like about that one? It's because it had, it had patterns in the bosses. Because like that one in Cascade Kingdom, you had to defeat. She had a pattern where you had to throw the hat, the chain chomp, run away from her, and then push it back her face. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a good one. Any other favorite games this year, Bethany? Cuphead was one of them as well. Yeah, what did you like about Cuphead? It's because it had a strategy to it, because you had to defeat different stages each mm-hmm. time. And yeah. what you had to do is you you had to defeat you had to defeat first it was a potato, then an mm-hmm. onion, then a carrot, then <laughs> What one was your favourite to defeat? I haven't finished the game yet. No. No. no, you seem to. Who, answer, answer a question, Bethany. Who's a better at games, you or your daddy? Probably like daddy more. I, I don't believe that. I don't think anyone in the show believes that either. 
Do you have any other games you played this year, Bethany, that you enjoyed? I did try out loads of new games, but I mm -hmm. liked loads of Nintendo Switch games because I can't really pick between any of them. <laughs> was the Nintendo Switch your favourite console this year? Yeah, it was like one of the only consoles that we got out this year. That's true. It's a very good console, though. Do you like the Xbox? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of my favourite games, in, in, and it came out in 2015, was Undertale mm -hmm. as well. It, yeah, like playing Undertale. Yeah. But it came out on PS4 this year. And it came out on PS4 oh, this year. Hmm. That was very good. And it got the Undertale Collector's Edition where you can get the soundtrack and everything. Heart Locket. That's, everything. That's awesome. What did you like about Undertale, Bethany? It's because you got to play as a human named Fresco. You can name it whatever you want, but if you named it Fresco, then it would enter hard mode. It was a demo oh. of hard mode. And you can mm -hmm. actually play hard mode. But you can name the f human Chara. Mm-hmm. And you can go around killing monsters, saving them, or doing both. Mm. What did you choose to do? Did you kill more, or did you save more monsters? Save. I saved them all. I'm trying to save them all right now on the PS4. <laughs> you'd be Pro. a good PS4 Pro do you work for Sony Bethany no would you like to one day yes I want to make my own games yeah that's a brilliant thing to do that's what me and your dad will do one day but if Sony are listening and they want to hire Bethany they can pass the details to our dad <laughs> we, yeah. can, we can see what they can do yay um, was there anything else you played this year you enjoyed? It doesn't have to be any any game that we've heard of. You can talk about any game you want, Bethany. Well, I do like to make up my own games, and I like to play them. Really? What kind of games do you make up? I usually make up games with loads of characters from different old video games that are already made. Sometimes I pretend mm -hmm. to even make a game called Super Oliver... Super mm -hmm. Oliver Bros. It's like my friend Oliver and I'm Princess mm -hmm. Peach and then mm -hmm. my friend Jamie's like Luigi and my friend Sky is like Daisy. Okay, that's not a video game. I made it up. Okay. Sounds like an awesome idea, Bethany. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight, Bethany. You're welcome. Bye bye everybody. Thanks for letting me come in. It was a pleasure talking to you, Bethany. Thank you, darling. Night, night. Okay, I'm back now. No, oh, put Bethany back on. That was good. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Good for her. Yeah, she wants uh, to come on and tell us her, her game of the year and that. So that's awesome. Hopefully, she had some good picks. She never mentioned Zelda, though. Yeah, she didn't like Zelda. Italy, so. mm. Against the grain. Um, <laughs> hopefully, my daughter will like games as much. We're going to hand this over though when we're 42, I think, we agreed on. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Bethany might end up a co host before then, <laughs> by the yeah. way, she's gone already. <laughs> okay, so let's get the show started. So, this is, as I said on Twitter, the super whatever extravaganza 2017 game of the year show that we do. Every sure, single sure mother humping you. Sure. Yeah, but I, I tried to make it sound a bit special, Andy. You just ruined my PR completely. 
you've just made it sound like a common or garden. Show <laughs> it's the flower it's show of the year. It's flower. It's, show. Just, it's a flower show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the miniature flower garden show. entry number two. <laughs> <laughs> I used you know, to love building those fucking miniature gardens. You know the wee... Yeah, you know, I never used to love building them. Like, fuck that, but uh, I... I used Lego in mine. I, <laughs> I always liked going to the air flower show for some reason. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just cool that people could do all these, like, mad shit with flowers. I won a prize for a miniature garden once. Well, I say <laughs> I won it. My dad made it. Right. <laughs> he used to send a roses. He's, my dad's dafting gardening. Hmm. Yeah, but no, yes, this as Andy like eloquently put it, it's uh, just the show of the year. Why you, you're like the lack of enthusiasm? Bring <laughs> Bethany back. Bring Bethany back. <laughs> um, no, but yes, yeah, so this is the show of the year, and as you know, every year we run through our top TV shows of the year, top movies of the year, top games of the year, and Andy's funky funny list of the year. Or is that too exciting sounding for your list? Is it just Andy's list? As Andy would put it. The awards. <laughs> no, no, it's the, the funky, funny list. I like it. <laughs> you will never ever be like if I make a product, you're not getting to advertise it. No, in fact, you are. You'll probably do the opposite. Like you're going to go. Sorry, it's it's just this. This this is all it is. <laughs> Folk will buy it just from your your charisma and enthusiasm about the actual product. <laughs> but yes, anyway, that's that's diverging off topic. I would like to do a, a shout-out to a film that didn't make my uh, movies of the year before mm-hmm. we crack on, Andy, right? Because yeah. I watched a film last night, and I, as you know, as everybody knows that I speak to, including Cameron at your work, hates the fact that I hate this movie. Fraser can't even understand it, but Blade Runner, I fucking despise Blade Runner. I think it was one of the worst sci-fi films I've seen. So boring. I mean, Plenty of folk love it, but... I mean, like, I'm not, like, a super fan of Blade Runner. It's, it's alright. Like, it's not me. Yeah, but everybody goes on about it. It's the best sci-fi film. It's not. It's, it simply isn't. Um, so, I watched Blade Runner 2 last night because I couldn't sleep because I was coughing so much. I fucking love this film. Like, Blade mm. Runner 2, I thought it was phenomenal. Like, I think Blade Runner, they had a phenomenal world, but they didn't use enough of it. And this one, you got to see a bit more. Ryan Goslin, who I haven't seen in too much, but he was absolutely tremendous in it. Mm. Um, and it was a lost film, man. It was nearly three hours. Like it was really, it was actually so good that I, I'm considering getting this in 4K. Like it's, it, it, it can you did kind of need to watch the first one to kind of get the end of the story. But see, for the first like two and a half hours, you could have probably just picked this up. You could watch <laughs> the whole film without seeing the first one. But like a lot of the nods and stuff, and everyone knows Harrison Ford's in this one. So like a lot of his stuff, have you seen the first one? But I was generally more. Even though the twist was, I, I got it straight away um, before they even announced it. Um, but apparently they're talking about Blade Runner three. But who knows? This one was awesome. I definitely recommend it. Which was surprised, so I'll give that a shout out. And also before we start, I want to shout out to the Orville. It's a TV show that even to last night it was playing in my mind. Should this get in? Remember the one mm. I was telling you about where um, yep. Seth MacFarlane? It sadly did not make the cut of my top five, but. It's, such a good show. I don't know if you want to do any shout outs like that. Almost almost worse. <laughs> um the the one that I'll give a shout out to, and you might be surprised that this actually doesn't make my list this year. Um yeah. Agents of Shield. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I've seen the show. Like I mean, like I, I still absolutely love the show. Um mm-hmm. but there are just some better shows this year that uh is, I mean specifically this year, like what I didn't like about Shield in this sort of calendar year was the the storyline that they did at the end, like the second half of last season, um, mm-hmm. was all in like 
basically in VR, so none of it actually happened. So it didn't forward the story on for probably six months, maybe not quite six months, but like uh, for probably ten episodes, twelve episodes, didn't forward it on any of the any of the story at all. It was like all half of this a takes season. place. Yeah, pretty much half a season. All takes place yeah, in like that's, in VR. That's an that's an actual cop out. That's it, basically writing a story when you're younger and saying then they all woke up. Well, it is, but I mean they, they are upfront about it. Do you know what I mean? Like they do say, all oh, like these people are in VR. Like at the beginning, yeah, but you didn't know that. Oh, you do. You no, no, know you, that, you, so was... you do. You do know going in, which makes it worse. I think. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think it would be. Like, what's the point? Yeah. But I mean, they they don't know they're in the VR thing until they until like a certain point in it. And um, but we obviously know that they're in it, so that yeah. kind of like ruined the last season for me a wee bit because they did a lot of good things in it. But yeah, I did not like the uh, the second half of last season. I and mean, the first half of this season's been all right so far. They're they're out in space now. Yeah. Um... Not, not up to the same caliber as like what I've uh, I've felt about it. Pre- in previous years and the other five, the other the five shows that I've got in my list, like I'm much happier with having them uh, above Shield, even though I still love Shield. Cool, that's awesome. Now I do have a show in here, but obviously shows are split between years, and I realised I have the show that's at my number two. It was in my list last year. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's fine. Like, uh, like the, the, the in, second half of it was this yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, there's going to be a lot of that this show. I'm just full of gum. So, do you want to just dig right into it then? We'll start with TV shows of the year. Yeah, let's do our TV shows of the year first. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is Big Screen Wee Screen's Year of 2017 Awards. And, Andy, we'll start with your shows starting at number five, please. What well, got your number five spot for TV show of 2017? Uh, number five is Flash for me. Um uh... Ah. <laughs> do you know like I still fucking absolutely love Flash and like they've done they've done a lot of good stuff uh, last year um, mm. I I dug the end of last season um, they didn't quite make it stick as long as what I thought what what I thought they would so, like have you seen the end of season 4 or season 3 I haven't finished season 3 no right okay but, <laughs> but I mean basically they sort of send Barry away but then he comes back in the first, essentially the first episode of the, the new season, and obviously he was going to. But I, I felt yeah. it kind of took away from the gravitas of it a wee bit because they just brought him straight back. But um, what they've done with it so far, like in this season and like the tail end of last season as well, like really just so strong. Uh, the crossover that they did as well with all the other ones was entirely like centered around the Flash, which was fucking brilliant. Like uh, I. I enjoyed that crossover so much more than any of the other ones they've ever done, and uh, it was be- purely because it was centered around Flash. Uh, now, if you only watched Flash, you would be fucked because you would watch the <coughs> the one episode of Flash, and then and then the next episode, so much stuff has changed for the pe- the characters in Flash from going from that episode to the the next Flash episode. You have to go and watch the other. In fact, all of those episodes um, of the the crossover. Which, yep. which for me is like the best way to do a crossover, and I, I I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. Completely didn't mind the fact that that at all. But yeah, absolutely loved Flash. Uh, had everything for me this this season or this this year. Brilliant. Cool. Uh, my number four was uh, Designated Survivor. 
<laughs> which is the show that Ali hates me talking about. But um, but I, I've mentioned it like pretty much every week when it's been on and in a positive light. Um, the uh, whereas like when I'll talk about like Walking Dead or even Game of Thrones, like a lot you of times it's like yeah, I watched it finale. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like the mid-season finale is good and the the beginning episode's good and the finale is good. But like Designated Survivor is like continuously good it's just a continuously really really good show uh Kiefer Sutherland is fucking brilliant as the president I mean he's a president who's just kind of fallen into the role and it just it reminds me of 24 so much and it's, it's not even really because it's Kiefer Sutherland right because he's playing the bit of mind he's playing the president it's it, is, not, it is because not, it's Kiefer Sutherland no, no, it is but, because no, it's Kiefer Sutherland but he's not doing any of the so any of stupid. the stupid He's not doing any of the like the secret agenting stuff, and it does like. It's like saying does... Macaulay Culkin in that film, The Page Master, reminded me like the kid of Home Alone, but it's not because <laughs> it's Macaulay Culkin. No, but but it's like seeing what Twenty Four would be like if you were seeing it from Bear the president's the point of view. We hear this every but, week, Candy. We know, but yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I absolutely love it. The government conspiracy stuff, and like this show is so much better than House of Cards, a thousand times better. Well, like, there's less um, sexual predators in this show. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you're turned off by House of Cards, like with Kevin's basically being <laughs> being the demon beast that he is, uh, try yeah. Designated Survivor instead, and it's uh, it's actually a much better written show, better storyline. They did something fucking cool with the like the mid season finale there. Oh, it's it's gonna have it's gonna have ramifications. I was very surprised that they did it, and so happy because the, the uh, well, I'm not saying anymore. But there was there was one thing that happened and I was I, I was very happy about it, but it also made me sad. Um, <laughs> at number three, <laughs> the the good place. Ah, interesting. That nearly made my list as well. Yeah, do you know what? I fucking loved this show so much. Like, it's good. It, yeah. it was just one of those shows that I put on just uh, like as a twenty minute show, just to, while I was having my dinner one night, and I watched like seven eight episodes in a row and i'm like what the fuck like i just no, got this is, this is the show it. that you clearly tuned out when i told you about because one night he goes mate you need to see the show and you described it to me and i went andy i spoke about that like three weeks ago in the show mm-hmm. and you weren't interested and then it hit netflix and you're like best things in sliced bread <laughs> yeah it's a superb show <laughs> but yeah absolutely what a great show this was like it, i mean it takes the premise like where this woman gets sent to uh, heaven essentially when she's not really supposed to be in heaven and just kind of runs with it from there. Um, I'll, I'll not spoil the things that happen in the first season because the first season is fucking phenomenal. Uh, and yeah. the first season, like, it started off at the end of last year and ran into this year, and then the second season mm-hmm. started this year. Second season hasn't been <clears throat> as strong, but I think that it has the potential to still be really good. And depending on what they, depending on how they pull together the story and that, it's still been really funny. And I really do like the character. Does like Ted dancing in it is fucking brilliant. When he kicks like, that dog, when he kicks a dog, yeah, he kicks a dog into the sun. <laughs> yeah, see, see, the, 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 me and you discussed this before, and the one thing that's been the downfall, and I hope they do what Gotham did in season one and six episodes or whatever it was weren't too great, yep. and they went okay, gathered a thoughts back strong because season one felt kind of like it was meant to be a one and done to start with, mm-hmm. and yep. I, I reckon the network said, nope, another one, please, and they went, okay, we need to work this out, so we'll fire out these episodes and then we'll deal with it later. Yeah, it does kind of feel a little bit like that in, in season two. No, the season two is like it's bad, right? But like, it's not bad, no, because the characters are all there that you love. Yeah, the characters are great, but like, it's just not quite as strong as as the premise for season one. Because obviously, because of the way season one unfolds, like season two has to have a different premise, so they have yeah. to kind of mix it up a wee bit. And it's it kind of goes through a little bit of uh, 
trial and error in the first in the first few episodes. Um, but yeah, I think I think like you say after the, after this break, it will uh, it will find its feet. And yeah. uh, okay, so my number two show is the uh-huh. Punisher. I haven't seen it yet. Punisher is really dark, really gritty, very very violent, but it has it has a bit of heart about it, which is strange for like for the Punisher. It doesn't it's like quarter of an th- anti-hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, well, you'd think it would be like really bleak and stuff like that because because of like the trauma and stuff that he's been through, but mm. because of the characters that he interacts with and stuff like that in the show, um, it gives him a, a sense of purpose again to the uh, to that he didn't have before, and it gives him something to something to fight for essentially. Um, but yeah, it is a lot to do with like him trying to uh, deal with the perpetrators of his wife's wife and child's murder. But obviously we know about from his origin story and Daredevil and whatnot. But yeah, really, really strong show, brilliant acting. Like John Bernthal is phenomenal in the show. Like he goes he was good through in the Walking the... Dead, and then the Walking yeah. Dead shit. He left. <laughs> he, yeah, well, I mean the what? Yeah, that's a whole yeah, other thing. But it, 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 but he was good in the Walking <laughs> Dead. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but I mean he goes through the absolute ringer in this show. Like the emotion, like he manages to put across in this, just so well done and um, i mean they deal with a lot of like the kind of issues and stuff like that that are going on like the whole like american troops returning from uh, afghanistan and iraq and stuff like that they cover like all that kind of stuff in here as well and just it's really good and just really great tv show on so well yep. done um <clears throat> and my number one which it's strange for me to put this in one right because i've i've only watched five out of the six episodes so far but, oh, right, okay, I know what it is. But they are, they are, they are by far and away like just so captivating. All of these that I had to just this has to be like the number one, and like the sixth episode could be absolute shit, and it it would still be my number one TV show of of the of the year two thousand seventeen, and that is uh, Black Mirror season four. Yeah, I've only now, watched part of the first yeah. episode tonight. <laughs> That first episode is phenomenal, by the way. Like <laughs> it reminded me of Star Trek Online. Yeah, yeah, it, it totally, it totally did. Um, but yeah, that that's that episode is probably probably my favorite so far. But like all, it's it's one of those funny things. Like you know, um, usually in a Black Mirror season, you get uh, like maybe two, three standout episodes, maybe one, depending on how long the seasons are. Because I think a couple of them have only like one season is only like three episodes, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes there'll be like one standout. And this was special with John Hamm that that year. Yeah, and sometimes there'll be two standouts um, and sometimes like maybe three. But like all of the episodes in this season have been really, really captivating and uh, really interesting. The the one I watched tonight actually was probably the the weakest of them, the fifth one (coughs) so far, but but it was still really good and really interesting. Uh, And I'm looking forward to watching the final one. But like I say, I mean, the, the, the last episode could be absolute dog shit and I would still... Uh, rate the show as the best show of 2017 because the episodes that I have watched have been so strong and like so captivating and it's just it's one of those shows that just gets you thinking and gets you talking about like uh, oh what if what what would you do like in this situation and that is that's like the most powerful thing you can get out of like a tv show i think because i mean you don't really get that out of like watching like a superhero show or like watching a show about the president or whatnot but in this they just take that little aspect of technology and twist it or just like forward it five ten years and they go hmm, what would it be like if this happened and it's just that what if 
and that question is just really interesting to watch and to think about and to talk about as well. So, uh, yeah, Black Mirror definitely, definitely my favorite show of the year, uh, and I, I can't wait to see what uh, to see what you think of it. Uh, I'm sure you you tell us all, all about your thoughts on it next week. But yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get a chance to add that to my show of the year because like I'm pretty I would like I didn't I was in bed by eleven at um, New Year's Eve and stuff because I've just been feeling awful the past week. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Black Mirror only came out this week, didn't it? Twenty ninth of December it came out, so like right yeah. on, right at the yeah. end of, of the year there. Um, and like I say, we've managed to watch through most of it. I think we watched through like the first three in, uh, in one night, um, and then watched the fourth <clears> one like the night after, and then the fifth one today. Uh, I did want to try and squeeze that last one in, but I never quite got around to it. But but yeah, so strong, so well done, like all of it, brilliant. Okay, so for my TV shows, 2017, at number five, um, the first 4K show that I watched mm-hmm. uh, on Amazon Video. It's an exclusive there. I think it's it's on Stars as well in America. I've read the book. It's uh, American Gods, which okay. is yep. season one, and it's based on the book by Neil Gaiman, who wrote Stardust and Sandman, the comic. Mm-hmm. And this is basically about a guy called Shadow Moon, who ends up getting the problem? There's, there's good things and bad things about this show, right? But MLS, because it's a visual spectacle, the show has changed. It, it doesn't anger me, but a lot of folk might say it's too changed from the book, right? But I enjoy watching that because I don't know what's going to happen. Hmm. Yep. It's okay, almost better so, if the shows do yeah. that, like they don't stick yeah. too close to the book because you already, <clears throat> you already know what's going to happen. Like, you know all the fucking plot yeah. points, so. Yeah, so basically this is Shadowman teams up my guy, Mr. Wednesday, and uh, basically he um, he gets involved in a battle between the new gods and the old gods, and like his wife comes back to life somehow, and she'd been <laughs> cheating on him while he was in prison, and there's a, a leprechaun, the fucking dead wife, uh, <laughs> there's a leprechaun in it who's absolutely, he's brilliant, I love yep. the leprechaun in it. Uh, looks like Seamus from the WWE. If you know, who he Seamus does a bit, yeah. Um, yeah. The actor that plays him was a uh, porn stash in Orange Is the New Black, season ah, one. I've not seen that. Tasha's watching Glow, by the way. Oh, Glow's great. I loved Glow. Mm. Glow didn't quite make my list, but like I really liked it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, American Gods. I thought was absolutely superb looking. Don't get me wrong, I've read the book and I know what should be happening, but I even got to the end of the first season going, right, what's going to happen now? What the fuck just happened? I need more explanation. But mm. I was, like, engrossed. There was only, like, six or eight episodes. It wasn't, like, a full season at first, but I cannot wait for season two to start this year. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know you watched it as well, Andy, didn't you? you yeah, it. I watched all American Gods. Um, I, do you know, I actually forgot about it um, in terms mm. of the, the uh, show of the year stuff, the but... Year. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. I'm still, I'm still happy enough with with my list. Uh, like American Gods, I really dug it, but it was fucking confusing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, especially yeah. the early episodes, like before yeah. it all kind of ties together a wee bit. You're like, what the fuck is going on? You're like, why is this happening? Like, I think it was the bit where there's a guy gets like eaten by a woman's vagina. Yeah, and she's like, the yes, yeah, she's like, a god what? As well. <laughs> yeah, he pushes that, and that scene's more graphic <laughs> in the book. Yeah, um, yeah. She's cool. More will come of her, and like obviously, it's not mm. the full book yet. I think they actually pulled it back because I think this was meant to be a one-off as well, mm. and I think they've left it. There's apparently going to be a spin-off as well with Anansi. You know, the guy that was a spider, Orlando, mm. whatever his name is, uh, Jordan, Orlando Jordan or something. The guy's name is. Um, I think it's Orlando Jordan. 
No, that, I don't. That doesn't ring a bell. Um, was it not the guy that was in Evolution? Mm, yes. Um, Jones, Orlando Jones, maybe. Orlando Jones, Orlando Jordan's from the WWE. That's why. Uh, Orlando. Um, American gods. Maybe his name is not Orlando. It, it was an answer. Orlando Jones. You were right. Yeah, he was Mister. Yeah. yeah. It was this, the African Spider God, and he's getting apparently a spin-off uh, called Anansi's Boys, which was the sequel book to American Gods, which will be awesome as well. Nice. I can't wait to see where this show goes. That's what I like about this. Like, I, what you said is perfect for it because halfway through the season, you kind of got what happened, and at the end mm. of the season, you're like, okay, I need more to understand what just happened there, especially <laughs> at the end uh, with that mad dance with the like Doctor Who looking faceless guys in the garden and all the colours and mm. everything dying. Sorry, spoilers, but it's been out for a year now. Um, <laughs> the Earth all dying and like, it's, what the fuck has just happened? And I think we'll find out more in season two. I wanted to see more about the bank job, but I don't know if they'll go back and revisit that at a different point because there was a bank job they set up in the book, which was supposed to happen and kind of did, but didn't really happen in the show. But that's what I like about it. No, American Gods deserve like it's number five. <clears throat> at number four on my list, surprisingly, now, I like the movies, uh, well, the, the more recent movies. I've never been a full fan, never watched any of the seasons full, but um, Star Trek Discovery, uh, number four. Um, we've only got the f- uh, first nine. Hmm. Uh, there's 15 episodes to come. Um, this show is so good uh, that Star Trek fans hate it, which is probably why I like it so much. <laughs> um, it, feels, it feels as if it's set in the um, normal universe, you know, with like Enterprise and Voyager hmm. and Next Generation. It's set in that universe, but it feels more like the movies, um, the J.J. Abrams verse, if you will. And um, it follows a girl called Michael. Yes, that's right, Michael. And it's weird because it's the girl, first Michael. show that- yeah, it doesn't follow a you captain. You won't get that. It's from Arrested Development. <laughs> no, but it, it follows like a show. I think you said that joke the last time I talked about this. Yeah, I um, But basically, she's like this is a science officer, and uh, it follows her over the actual captain, which is weird. But um, she basically gets put in jail, and like her captain dies, so she gets jailed, and she gets pulled out by this like black ops ship almost discovery that's trying to help win the war against the Klingons, and the captain's a bit like you know. He's not like Picard. He's not like Car- he's not like any of them. He's kind of like dodgy and like his own secrets and experiments going on and stuff and swearing. F bombs dropped in Star Trek. Mm. You know, I-, I absolutely adored this. I know you weren't a big fan, but see, for me, this this is what Star Trek should always be like forever from now on. I can't be- don't get me wrong. There's a certain charm to Captain Kirk talking like this, and there's certain <laughs> Mister Wolf to the bridge from fucking Picard. Mm, his big yeah. body, he's quite distinguished, but like. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tune of fat reference, but um, yeah, that's the Borg and the big screen captain. They just called you there. Uh, live a long time and prosper, Rod Phillips. Um, that's nothing to do with Star Trek. That's just Rod Um The Star Trek just covered. Can't wait to see the rest of it. Absolutely love it. Um, it's not for obviously everybody. Like it's either chalk and cheese, but I thought it was brilliant. Um, <clears throat> so number three, a show that should have made Andy's list, but I don't think he's caught up yet, is uh, Red Dwarf season twelve. <clears throat> okay. I have so, not caught up yet. Yeah, Red Dwarf kind of let us all down, as we all know, with the show with the Back to Earth nonsense. However, seasons 10, 11, and 12, uh, which have been full seasons, have been absolutely phenomenal. But I feel that it took the season 12 for them to finally gel and bring out episodes that are as good, if not better, than some of the original episodes. Okay. Um, the, the boys just go in like, various adventures, like there's... Um, the ship where it's uh, all the service droids that uh, all Crichton's people 
and they believe themselves like free and more powerful than humans and they transfer the minds of Rimmer Lister and Cat into Crichton's body uh, it's so funny like Rimmer starts enjoying it for a bit like he likes being in the mind of like a mm. Crichton robot because that's something Rimmer would do um, like just everything there's like there's a there's one where there's an election sorry i haven't took any notes for this there's an election where there's like the, all the machines on the ship go on strike and they have to hold an election of the which vending machine wins um and rimmer and Crichton decide to run for them um so you have to either vote for rimmer or vote for Crichton, and obviously <laughs> um yeah it's it's hilarious like the whole this show is absolutely amazing it, they've not missed a step and the boys from the dwarf are back boys from the dwarf um Really looking forward, and I hope uh, this year I managed to get tickets to. They're doing a live show in London um, that will keep you posted about as well, Andy. They're doing like a, a special sp- a stage show, but it will depend on the guys' filming schedules. Mm, so yeah. they might do season 13 first and then the show, or they might do th- uh, the show first and then 13. But yeah, Red Dwarf season 12 at number three. Um, at number two, uh, this is the show that was in my uh, show of the year last year, uh, Gotham season three. Now, as you know, listen to show I gave up on my superhero shows, but mm-hmm. Gotham I never really. I was just watching it slowly. We hit a stride of we watched like six episodes one night and six episodes the next night and polished off Gotham season three, mm-hmm. and we're, we're on to season four now, which has started this year as well. But oh my god, that show has redeemed itself and outdone itself every episode of that season. Like, move forward Dutch pace it was like holy fuck look at all the bat reference holy bat references batman and it was like all the guys coming together like you had killer um not killer frost um mr freeze and penguin and the him enigma stuff going on like the riddler becoming the riddler was phenomenal batman taking it and i called this last year that we would get prototype batman before the end of gotham because that kid looks tall as hell now um <laughs> really loving alfred in this season especially when he knocked out a guy and called him a slag which was hilarious you slag um, you slag um, I, I just everything about this show is like moving away that I didn't think it would be possible. And now I've got theories that like Jim's wife or Jim's Mrs. Lee's going to be Harley rather than Barbara, and it's like is Barbara going to still have a one night stand and get pregnant to Jim's children, or is she going to have a personality change and come back mm. normal? Like this show's genius. Like it still gets you asking and like on the edge of your seat, even though you know Penguin's not going to die because it's the Batman story. You're still like, oh, he just got shot. Oh no. This is such a good show that you, it's not one where you root for just the villains or just the good guys. You root for kind of both of them. Whereas like Breaking Bad, you root for the bad guy. You know, Sons Anarchy, you're rooting for the bad guy. In this show, you're rooting for Penguin, Riddler, and everybody just as much as each other. It's such a great show. And I'm so glad that I jumped back into it. And the best thing about Gotham, it's not tied to any of the other DC shows. So I don't need to watch six of them to get the mid-season finale. <laughs> um, but at, at number one, and Gotham nearly topped this, but thinking back on it, there is no other way that I could um, put anything else at my number one apart from this show. Um, this show probably never get another one again, and it finished this year, and that is Black Sails Season 4. Mm, Black Sails has been phenomenal all the way through. Sometimes I've came away from it and back. This year I watched Black Sails Season 4. The minute it had all been released, holy moly, what a great ending. Like, we knew it was heading towards Treasure Island, but just the twists and the turns and what happens to all the crew and where they all end up, like, Flint's ending was phenomenal, like, absolutely brilliant. They tied it up really nicely so that they've left it open, but not open enough where you're like, oh, they didn't finish that properly. The My worries last year, if you remember, Andy, were that halfway through, the, they, they had to cancel because, like, the set went on fire yeah, in Africa. Yeah. So they lost millions of dollars worth of ships and couldn't afford to keep going. 
you didn't notice it at all. You did not notice it at all. Um, what they managed to cobble together just it didn't even show that that had happened. And it mm. ended. I thought they'd rushed it because obviously they were going to do more. But looking back on it, those four seasons are going to stand the test of time. And I hope they come back to do a special. If you've never seen Black Sails, it's on Amazon Video or Buy It and Blu-ray. Like if you've got anything, any love for Black Flag Assassin's Creed, pick up this <laughs> because you'll come away adoring the show and you'll play Black Flag probably more than you have since it came out four years ago. <laughs> like, it's such a great show. And I don't know, if did you ever get to finish Black Sails yet, Andy? No, no not yet. Um, we are kind of somewhere in amongst season three. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure yeah. whereabouts, but maybe we'll get back to to watching it at yeah. some point. And, like, I think the the thing with, with Black Sails is, like, I'm really into it and, like, Ashley's, like, kind of into it. Yeah. So she That's wants like me, Tasha. <laughs> yeah, so she wants to see it, but, like, she has to be in the right mood to watch it so yeah. like I'll go oh why don't we watch this and she'll go mm, I'm not I'm not really in the mood to watch that and we'll watch something yeah. else instead <laughs> yeah I mean it's, it's really good and I couldn't send it off any other way because it's not going to be on telly next year and hmm. they said that they might come back at some point but such a great cast such a great show all four seasons like should be watched and watched and watched like this is a show I will go back and watch from the start at, at some point hmm. awesome so anyway, let's move on to big screen weekends, movies of two. Dun, dun, dun. So Andy, <laughs> what were your um, movies of 2017, starting at number five? So uh, you know, this was actually difficult for me to come up with the list because I probably watched less movies that came out in 2017 than any year for years because <laughs> I haven't I haven't been to the cinema that many times and like like that this is like actually a bugbear of mine because I never got to go and see Thor like see Thor see Thor so I never got to see Thor so that's like actually quite annoying because I would have really loved, loved to have seen that at the cinema I just never got around to it uh, it's too busy at the time um, however I did I did cobble together a list of the the five movies that I watched that came out this year that were uh, that I really really enjoyed. Uh, there was other ones that were a bit shit and ones that were okay. Things like like Spider Man Homecoming, things like that were all right, but this did not make my list. Spy- Do you know the weird thing is I had a preemptive list, mm-hmm. and my number one and two are not on that list. Are not on mm-hmm. my list at all. So uh, so number five, uh, Alien Covenant. That Alien Covenant. Film. I I really liked it. I um, thought they did a good job of going back to like the sort of horror mixed with sci-fi stuff, whereas Prometheus was mm. not that at all. I I did love Prometheus though, and I probably preferred Prometheus to this overall. But I thought this was a great. This felt more like an alien movie, whereas yeah. Prometheus just felt like its own thing. And um, this actually felt like an alien movie. You've got like a crew of people, and you've got the like an alien hunting them and whatnot. So like. That was really cool to me, and there was some really cool moments in there um, when they're getting chased. And it reminded me a little bit of like, there's a bit in, I think it was Jurassic Park, Lost, maybe Lost World, or, yeah, I think it was Lost World, where they're in the dark and there's like raptors chasing them. There was a bit with the aliens on Alien Covenant that was like that, and it was really cool and really well done. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah I really liked that movie. Uh, number four, uh, the Netflix movie Bright. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, really liked it. Um, the critics completely fucking panned it, which, and, and you know, like, you go into a movie and you're like, sometimes that gives you the preconception that it's going to be bad, but I, like, from the, when the original trailer first came out, I was like, this movie looks fucking great. Um, 
I was not influenced at all by what the critics were saying. I still went into the movie expecting to expecting to really enjoy it, and, and I totally did. Uh, the world that they've built up there with like fairies and orcs and shit <laughs> in modern day is kind of a it's like a unique concept in like film and TV that I haven't really seen too much of in recent years. I mean, Harry Potter, Harry Potter kind of does this, but they hide it away. So like this is more like if it was in if it was actually like all if Lord of the Rings was in actual. <laughs> yeah, and it just kept going and going and going, and they they build like they build a cool, interesting world, and they have like a history to it, like because they talk about wars and things that have happened. Like the one issue ago. I had was it need. I know this is. I wanted to know more, which isn't a bad thing, but I felt mm-hmm. that they didn't tell me enough, which is why I'm looking forward to the sequel that's apparently been greenlit. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think they could have fleshed out some of the backstory of the world a wee bit. But they gave you enough of a taster to go yeah. to, for you to understand what was happening and to go, yeah, I'd really like to see more shit set in this world. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And like, I thought Will Smith was fucking brilliant in it. Like, oh, a lot of people were like, Panda's, be- Panda's performance in it. And I'm like, no, no, he's like, he's doing like a really good Will Smith acting job, you know? And like, I, I pretty much like Will Smith in just about anything he's been in. Almost every movie that I've seen him in has been at the very least good. Uh, with the exception of Afteroth, that is that's a bad <laughs> movie, <laughs> but that's not Will Smith's fault. The that was that was his son's fault. Um, but yeah, like uh, Bright really enjoyed it, uh, and I liked the I forget the orc's name that he was palling about with, but I liked him as well. He was cool. And the whole wizards against wizards and magic and shit like that going up against guns is always kind of an interesting idea. Like what would win, magic or guns? So I, I depends if you had a, a bulletproof spell. Yeah, and I think that if they provided they do a sequel, like I think they would want to like show you kind of bigger things in it, like bigger bigger battles. Because this was very small focused, like so you'd only had like a few people fighting at a time, and you didn't have like a sort of big action war type set piece. Which uh, I think would be really cool to see, like a bunch of people with guns going up against a bunch of like orcs and people with magic and shit like that. Like that'd be really interesting. Uh, number three for me was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yep. Which which I really liked it. I mean, it was not as good as the first one, no. for sure. But it was still, it was a great movie. Uh, really funny. Baby Groot was phenomenal. Uh, but I think they I think they kind of spoiled a little bit of this by showing some of the best parts in the trailers. Like see the part where he's uh, like going to press the button. Like that's one of the best group moments in the movie, and like they had already spoiled that by showing it in the trailer. So I think they could have they could have held off with that in the trailer. I know they're trying to build hype and stuff like that, but I'd rather they showed off some of the kind of not as funny jokes. But anyway, it's just that, that's just my bugbear. Maybe I just shouldn't watch trailers, and then I would like the movie better. Uh, I also really like Drax in this movie, although they they made him a bit even more. <laughs> I don't know, daft in this movie. Um, yeah, it was a bit simple. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, uh, Star-Lord was great, Rocket was great, uh, Yondu was even pretty good in the movie, I didn't like Yondu in the first movie, but this one... Yondu was kinda, incredible. Yeah, he actually kind of came into his own, and he, he, they they did a really good story arc with him that I did not expect at all. Like, you didn't see it coming, and when, when it kind of hits home, like, when you realise what his actual story is you're like okay like that's actually quite powerful and makes a lot of sense as to why he is like he is but yeah i really enjoyed it and i, I loved all the little, little cameos and stuff like that as well especially stan lee's cameo probably the biggest one that he's done 
in the MCU, like in terms of what he does in in it. What was he a watcher? Yeah, he was a he's a he's revealed to be like a watcher, or at, least, at the very least an informant for the watchers. His cameo in so, Thor was funny. See, you haven't seen it yet, so I'm in the middle of trying to finish it. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> have, you, have you have you got a, have you got a good copy of it now? I've got a watchable copy of it just now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I would do want to watch Thor, but I've not quite gotten round to it yet. Um, as soon as I get and get a good copy of it, then I'll watch it. I've seen um, enough to know it's not in my top five, but it's definitely okay. better than Thor Thor one and two so far. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, War for the Planet of the Apes. Do you know, I, I went to watch this the other night, Andy. Mm. I really want to see it, but the mm. one I had did no subtitles, so it was going to be a long right. film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is there is a few bits where you would need subtitles in that movie, definitely. Um, the ones that I don't like is when you get a when you, when you get a copy and you're like, okay, cool, and it's got subtitles, but they're in like some other language, yeah. <laughs> like Russian or something like. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, I mean, you should be able to get that, okay, now because it's it's out in no. DVD and that. It's out in DVD, but the uploads don't have the subtitles yet for some reason. But I mean, we got it in one steelbook, but I don't. It's quite expensive in steelbook because it was an HMV exclusive. It's like twenty five mm. bucks. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I would, it's one of those. I don't ones like it. Twenty five pounds worth. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those ones you could probably watch and return. But um, but yeah. So War for the Planet of the Apes. Fucking absolutely loved it. Like, it's a great. I mean, I I think this is the the ending for this one. Like the the this trilogy. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely loved Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Thought it was a phenomenal movie, and then I didn't like Rise Rise that much. Like, it, I, I thought I, you've preferred it, okay? Because <laughs> I, 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 I think I think I think the problem with Rise though that the majority of it was spent in apes, so the majority of that mm. film was read like it was mm. subtitled. But this, uh, but it'd be a rise like focused much more on the human side of it, and then coming to terms with the apes like trying to come to power and all that. But and then in this one, you've got like an actual like full on battles between like the humans and the apes, and it tells basically the, all of it from the apes side. And it's easy enough for them to do that now because uh, because you do have like Caesar that can talk fully, and you have like some of the other characters, uh, the other ape characters that can talk a bit. But in bits and pieces as well, so um, also obviously interacting with the humans and whatnot as well. But yeah, just a really good story they told, like great, like uh, great set pieces, and the I love the prison breakout scene they did. Like there's like a prison breakout in it, and it's fucking brilliant. Like it's so cool the way they do it, uh, and the ending as well, just brilliant movie overall. I like I'll, I'll not spoil it for you, but it's just the whole the whole movie is so well done, and I went into it like expecting to. <laughs> think it was all right based on like uh rise uh, based on rise and i was like okay well it's just going to be more of the same they're going to have a big fight blah 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 but the movie's actually fucking so well done like really really enjoyed it um okay so my, my number one movie though mm. is star wars episode 8 the last year <laughs> no no you need to be here for this it's gonna be no he needs to be here <laughs> um, I'll I'll run through some of the the brief things and and then I'm sure Ali will disagree with me when he comes back. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I only went to see it uh, yesterday, and I was very surprised about the way that they did this because from episode seven was like it was decent, um, but they did kind of just they did a lot of re 
re-going over stuff that had happened in Sars before. This movie felt like a completely new, like a new page for Star Wars, which was I felt was very very refreshing. Um, because obviously when they did the new movies before, like even like when they did one two three, they were just they were the setup for four five six, and then seven was like, okay, remember Star Wars? Yep, you remember this, and they had because they have to bring you back up to speed with what happened up to the end of Return of the Jedi and like reintroduce all the old characters and then bring in some new faces and now this is more the new faces coming to the fore and getting their stories and uh, having their moments and stuff like that whilst also doing justice to the the older characters as well and giving them their kind of moments in the sun sort of thing. So yeah, absolutely loved it. All the set pieces in this movie were just so well done and <laughs> want Ali to come back so he can disagree with me. <laughs> I know why he ran away because he's gonna he's gonna completely disagree with me. But yeah, uh, I I absolutely love this movie. I loved what they did with uh, with Ray and Poe especially, like <laughs> and what they did on the uh, what they did on the the planet with the big the I forget what the planet was called, but they had a big metal grate and they uh, had this cool fucking red sand shit going on. Um. Ali, I take it you disagree with me on, on this picking. Sorry. <clears throat> what was that? Oh, I take it you... I was... I... Sorry. I was saying, I take it you disagree with me on this picking. I've made my thoughts very clear. And... <laughs> no, no, but I'm talking about The Last Jedi. Uh, sorry, The Last Jedi, I've made my thoughts very clear. <laughs> but uh, I... I really dug what they did with Kylo Ren as well because I thought I thought they were going to turn him good at one point, and they didn't. They 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 kept him bad. I was totally cool with that. They, well, well, do you know I was okay with that because like he, it's rubbish. It's like let's unmask Batman. It's a total Disney move. Let's take for the whole film. No, we didn't pay to see his face. Put it back on. <laughs> I I would I will agree with you, but I thought he um I, I forget the guy. Because now I have Adam. to take my black series hundred pounds helmet and smash the bits for it. I would, I wouldn't do that because like the helmet's fucking cool. Like uh, and and I, exactly. I was a bit so they took off him. I was a bit annoyed when <laughs> when he smashed it. No, I didn't have a spare. Yeah. I was a bit annoyed when he smashed it because I was like, oh, well, he looks fucking cool with the helmet on, and his voice sounds cool, and he's like a menacing guy. But, <clears> uh, but he, I thought he was so much better in this movie than he was in the first one because he wasn't just like no. a fucking sniveling mess. Like he was actually still quite menacing and whatnot. I, I, I think he was more focused in this one. I think mm. in the first one he was more like wild, like mm. the way he fought and everything. But so many issues with this film that we want to talk about it I'm glad see, you liked it see I loved what I, they it's did it's not a discussion it's not no, a discussion no, I'm just saying that uh, I, I just wanted to tell you that I loved what they did in the scene when they when uh, when they meet with Snoke loved that all of it I was like fucking brilliant like, I, can't, I can't believe that they did what they did very surprised but did I you like the last brilliant. Guardian scene was that your favourite scene the last Guardian the last Guardian yeah, but oh that uh, the last Guardian. that was okay Sh- like, fucking stupid I didn't think it was that long. Like I think you said it was really long, but I didn't it was, think it was, that it was like bad. ten minutes of waste of screen time. No, well, I mean, I mean, it makes what it did makes sense. That do for the film, and what was the point? In, what did she bring to the franchise? Nothing. What did the Chinese get over to that? Like half the characters, like the purple-haired lady, introduced, set her up, kill her off, nothing. 
See, they they're creating like they're creating new heroes and new mythos for them. for they, the written. No, they killed some of them, yeah, but 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 they're creating the new mythos for the the new generation to go yeah, to create it, it, the spark it, of rebellion. It's fine. It, Cool. I'm glad that you liked it. <laughs> I have got it ordered in 4K and I watch it at least one time a month, but it will sit next to Attack of the Clones cold and lonely on the shelf after that. See, I, I need to, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, I need to reorder my Star Wars movies still to fit this in, but, uh, like, for, for me, and this is gonna be very controversial for you, like, uh, the, yeah, but you don't return, like Star Wars properly. Re, I love Star Wars. Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars, the hands down. It's, just, it's not, well, that's how stupid this list is. Followed by Revenge of the Sith, and then followed by Last Jedi. That, that's, that's that'll be, that'll be my new, my new top three. Fucking stupid. This, this is better than Empire. Better than Empire for me. <laughs> and now Ali, now Ali's annoyed. But yeah, uh, that that was definitely my favourite movie of, of last year. Uh, I, w- I went in like, do you know, Just after... Watch that many movies. after well, I didn't watch that many movies to be fair, but after like hearing that's, what you had to say about it, one. after hearing what you had to say about it, uh, I, I kind of thought Which that I would true. probably like it. Like Han Solo said, it was all true. It was all true, <laughs> but yeah, I, but yeah, I really loved the movie. Yeah, I told you you would like it before yep. I, before you did it because you're that guy. I, I am that guy, and, and I'm not just liking it because you didn't like it. Yes, like, yes, sure. I, no, I'm not. I promise. Like, I genuinely loved it. Like, I had a smile on my face about like? the movie. What? All of it. Why? What? What? The fake just... lightsaber scene. What fake lightsaber? The, scene? the fact that you know, when Luke didn't even sacrifice himself poof of smoke in his own planet why didn't he just appear because him actually getting killed by Kylo at the end would have been far more impactful than him force projecting himself and how did Kylo not notice that he was using the fucking blue lightsaber that got split in half 10 minutes because Kylo was being silly <laughs> he was he was re- enraged and he was just he would just assume yeah. that he got another lightsaber from somebody else it's the exact but, same one. This is grandfather's like. Oh, don't. Do this. <laughs> but but I, re- I really loved the movie. Really loved the way the way they did it. God bless JJ Abrams for coming back to fix it. <laughs> but honestly, I can't I can't wait to see what the next, what the next one. Start saying episode nine. It was all. A- <laughs> like and also Mary Poppins Leia, she showed no force okay. capability apart from texting, looking ahead every now and then. Right, I'm sorry, right? No that, disrespect to Carrie Fisher, right? But that would be the perfect point to send her off and use mm. the purple-haired lady to replace her. And if you didn't want to kill her in the space scene and have your floating Mary Poppins, uh, fucking see if you put in the, you got the touch from Transformers, it fits perfectly to that scene. But see also <laughs> the purple lady when she sacrificed herself mm. at the end? That mm. would have been Leia's job. That should have been fucking Leia and let the purple lady take over in the next film. But no, what you've done is you've mailed back Jail of Dog shit that's on fire for him to stomp out. Do you know um, that I, I will agree with you on that? Like Princess Leia was the weakest part of the, of the movie, and especially and she's that dead part in when, life. He, well, yeah, especially that part when when they did when she did get like exploded out of ship and then somehow managed to survive in space for like a minute and oh, then magic. float back to like to the ship. That, she's that, never used the force once in these movies ever. Yeah, Go I on. didn't like that, and I, I didn't. You know, I didn't enjoy Carrie Fisher's performance that much overall. Like, to be honest. And, what, Finn gets two seconds of screen time? Fuck. Finn was okay. Like, I mean, he got his adventure with that with a, with a Japanese lady. And Who had, was pointless? Chinese. What does she bring to the show? Nothing. She's going to be his love Nothing. interest. She's his, his kissing, pal, his kissing oh. pal. 
no, no. And he and he got to fight against uh, what's her face, uh, Captain Phasma, and uh, seemingly a pointless, even more pointless than Boba. <laughs> so see for all the folk that said oh it was edgy and different no this was just a remake of Empire when you look at like if you replaced the fucking it's salt for snow and that's all it was it was just the Battle of Hoth that's all <laughs> the film was just Empire all over again they just done it a bit more clever by making stupid character and narrative decisions fuck that guy you know, I, I liked it. I, I really liked Ray's arc in it as well, and I, I actually liked. Like, I know you did. You said you didn't like looking at, but I, 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 liked, I really liked them. It was just totally against. It's like no, the, that's not look. Ray is cool and everything. I like yeah. Ray. Ray's one of my. Ray's probably my second favorite car, Star Wars character now. I always play as her in Battlefront too. I think mm. she's badass to fuck yep. Ray. I love Daisy Ridley, and I think that she should um, have played Tomb Raider. Yeah, I could totally see that. She she was fucking brilliant in the movie. Like phenomenal, her, her, far her better. I preferred her in this movie. Her acting to the first film. I know she wasn't. She was an up and comer, but I mm. I don't even see his character differences. I just think she's learned the character of Ray and was a bit more comfortable watching her this time. Mm. Like she was incredible. And um, yep. Oscar Isaac as uh, Poe Dameron. He's yep. he's just been he's he's the perfect mix of look before he was a Jedi and. Mm. Not even look before he was a Jedi. He's like, yeah, he's like because he was a pilot. 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 Was a yeah. That's what I mean. Luke was a pilot. Yeah. It, was, it was a it was a pilot on Tatooine who needed to go yep. to the Tosh station to get some power converters. Do you know, do you know what I thought was so funny? Like, because uh, in this movie, like Poe meets Ray, and like because they, they didn't meet in the first movie at all. Yeah, no. I was like, what? Because <laughs> I thought I was sure they'd met, but they didn't. Nah. But yeah, I really, yeah, really Ray, liked Ray's it. Cool. I want to see her build yeah. her own lightsaber. I don't want this. None yes. of this between the movies shite like Luke Skywalker when he built his green one. Ray has to build it and she has to get a kyber crystal to do it. Well, does she not still have the blue one? No, or she at least part of it. Own, it's part of her Jedi training to build her own lightsaber. Okay. But yeah, I really, really liked it and Ray, Ray was brilliant in it. Um, so what were your top five movies of the year, Ali? I'm going to guess Star Wars was not in there. No, not at all. That was at my number one, like preemptive Star Wars, yeah. then Spider-Man. <clears throat> Okay, and my number three didn't. I the one that's at number one was at number three before seen any of the movies. Right, this was just mm. guess that I would have, but no. I I think even if I'd liked Star Wars a bit and I'd like Spider Man a bit, which I like neither of them. Um, Wonder Woman. Oh fuck! I've just ruined my number one. <laughs> so surprise, maybe maybe not. But anyway, number five, Justice League. Right, I don't care what the critics say. This is a bit of a bright situation for me. I thought. There was just something cool about seeing them all on screen together, like, mm. and people were moaning about the story. It's a comic book film. It's a big bad villain that's going to destroy the world. You're seeing Batman fight alongside fucking Aquaman, who was cool as fuck. Um, that guy from Game of Thrones, um, Jason, uh, J, what's his name? Momoa, Jason Momosa. Yep, yep. No, Jason Momoa. whatever his name is. Aye, he's cool as fuck. I like Barry Allen in it. <clears throat> it was a different take on it from. Uh, the Flash we've seen on TV, but like Tasha didn't like him as much. But I feel that it was a good way of doing it to differentiate them because, as, as I pointed out to Tasha, the Flash we've seen on TV has always had his own team. And the Flash in this Justice League was kind of, he's been a loner. He's always been by himself. Mm. Um, Batman, I wasn't as keen on Bruce Wayne in this one. Like Ben Affleck, just it, the film didn't suit Ben Affleck. It, it, Batman being, Ben Affleck being funny isn't great since he stopped doing Kevin Smith films. Mm. And, um, Batman being funny is just not funny, um, <laughs> especially because he's like, like I mean, he's an old man. That's maybe grim. Like, 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> that alludes to the fact that because he makes a comment, Diana, she says, you can't keep doing this forever. And he says, I can't do this right now. And he's like, battered to fuck. And he's brought the team together. And there's talk of obviously um, Nightwing stepping in and um, mm. taking the mantle because obviously this is a Batman. And he tells you in this movie, he's been Batman for 20 years. So he's like w- well into like pushing 50. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if we've seen in the Batman a bit of backstory of what happened to the, you know, um, we're going to see maybe Jason Todd and stuff like that. And mm, yeah. I think Dick, Dick, Dick Grayson's going to take the mantle. And it'd be cool to see Ben Affleck stay on as a sort of mentor role. Because, yeah. like, analyze folk were about, um, what you call it, Flashpoint? There's no way they're going to do that in a film and, like, recast everybody because the general film audience will not accept that. The reason it was accepted in TV was because it was done slowly over three seasons. Mm. You can't just throw that at an audience in a film where you have to tell yeah. a bit of the Flash's back. <laughs> no. What's going to happen is the mantle will get handed over. And if it's not Dick Grayson, then fair enough. Whoever whoever ends up with the mantle, but Justice League for me was fun. I I I enjoyed it. I I, I thought like I had so much fun with it. Like Batman and Superman, a lot of folk hated that movie. Like just oh, like I I I I say I hated Star Star Wars, right? But I would still watch The Last Jedi more than like Agents of Shield or something. Do you know what I mean? Like mm, yeah. it's still Star Wars to me. So like Batman Superman to me like. I'm kind of, as you know, well, I'm saying you, I've been reading DC for about four years now, Andy, would you say something like that, since I started, since we first started the Arrow show, um, I started DC then, and I mean, I knew DC, but I mean, just seeing them together for me, I'm not picking it apart as much as maybe I picked apart the first Avengers movie, and I've kind of wound my neck in a wee bit, as you've probably noticed over the years about mm-hmm. superhero films, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, it's fine, because the first Avengers movie just, it's, it's a pile of horse shit to me. <laughs> but like, this, this, that still remains, but like, this film to me, it was fun. Like, it worked, it didn't feel like anything was rushed. I felt we got enough, enough time with each hero. Cyborg's probably the weakest, but then again, isn't Cyborg the weakest anyway, and was kind of just there because Cyborg was one of the Justice League members. That's how I've seen it. Um, Cyborg's story to me is boring, but it has been since I knew about him in small. But, um, there was a cameo, slight spoilers, but you probably know Green Lantern. Hal Jordan's not in it, but there's a fight scene described where the Amazonians, the Atlanteans, the humans, and uh, the Lanterns are all fighting this ancient enemy. So it's like kind of a flashback. It's, uh, the Green Lantern Corpse movie is coming, so it's, it was cool to see them in the movie <clears throat> for a bit anyway. Um, That's cool. I didn't, you know, I didn't even realise they were in it. Cool. They, they're not in it. It's more like a flashback when I think it's Diana's telling the story or... Um, Sorry, Wonder Woman's mum or something on the island telling the story of like um, when the Amazonians team with it. But I cannot wait to see fucking Aquaman this year. Like Aquaman's so badass, he just like drinks whiskey and pisses about. Like it's he's not the king of Atlantis in this year. He's got like uh he doesn't have his trident, which means he's the ruler. He's got like the five is it a quintlet? I don't know what you'd call a uh trident with five points, but basically he's not right. got he's not the ruler of the seas. So it's as if he's just Prince Harry and he's fucking about because <laughs> he knows he's not he's not going to be king so I love it I think he's brilliant in it I like Barry Allen as a di- I don't prefer him over Grant Gustin because I think Grant mm. Gustin was great I'm not going to take that away from him even though I get bored of the show but um, I can't remember that his name that plays this one Ezra Miller sorry yeah, he um he he brings something different and I think that's great like because if every performance of the character was the same like that was my biggest point with Suicide Squad like I didn't hate the Joker. I thought it was good that he managed to do it different, you know. And that's what I'm saying about the Flash. And the Flash is more likable than the Joker from mm. Oh yeah, Suicide Squad, right? But mm. like the Flash in this, he's a loner, and you feel sorry for him. But he's kind of still quirky and got his quips and you know jokes and stuff. And like 
he's portrayed differently, but the same. And the way they do the speed in this is, I would say, better than even like, I don't know. Um, I like the way they've done it in the TV show, but this is a different way. It's not even like how they've done Quicksilver and X-Men. Mm-hmm. It's got a splash of that mixed with the Flash TV show style, so it's done really quite well. And occasionally, that's when he's in the Speed Force, you can see him doing that. But like, obviously, Speed Force isn't mentioned in this movie, but hmm. there's a part where you see him moving his hand really fast in life, so you can see how fast he moves. But normally, it's, it shows you that he sees everything moving at slow motion, like slow as fuck, but it's done so well. And yeah, it's, it's just a silly bad guy who wants to destroy the world movie, but that's what comics are. And people tend to forget that. Some people look for in-depth comic, watch Sin City or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. watch 300. Like, you're watching the fucking Justice League. You're watching, you watched a film with Batman fighting Superman. Like, come on, like people need to wind their neck in a bit and sit down and enjoy these films because I thought it was absolutely superb and <coughs> this was made by two of the best <coughs> superhero directors in the world half made by Zack Snyder who had to step down and handed it over to Joss Whedon and people are like oh you can totally tell the point no you can't the film's blended perfectly it was edited together by Whedon and I think he'd done a great job of it Zack Snyder's daughter sadly died during the production and he had to quit Justice League but uh, it, it set me up it's like man i'm fine with it i'm cool like i don't need fucking 12 they should have had so many i don't need 12 fucking films like three man of steels to to be able to get to this with three iron mans like we seen what happened by the time we get the third iron man so like yeah, run i mean out of it ideas. was good run out of ideas and they make a fake mandarin like come on marvel's <laughs> not perfect folks marvel's not perfect but like um i, I, I had such fun with it i think you would draw, you, you didn't mind batman and super man either i think you would yeah you're, you're gonna dig this andy i think you're gonna have fun and go yeah it was all right man like it was but i, I thought it was more than that I don't, I don't mean to play it down i love this film i had so much fun i've watched it three times a day and i've pre-ordered it in 4k like nice. i just it, it's it's a good film to me anyway uh, for fuck's sake simply because for look back at them like he flew, <laughs> flew around the world to turn it did you know what i mean like i'm happy yeah. with this film so anyway, um, at number four, uh, a film I don't know if you ever got around to seeing Andy, uh, Train Spotting Two. No, which... I never actually got around to seeing that man. Mm, me and Tasha went to the cinema to see this because, like, like you, we didn't get to the cinema much because Tasha's been mm. pregnant most of this year. Selfish, so we haven't been able to go to the cinema much. Um, Train Spotting Two is one we had such a laugh with, and I'm a big fan of him. Welsh, and I've read most of his books, and um, Porno was the sequel in the book, and this is kind of taking some elements from Porno but turned it more into Renton story than sick. Boy, because obviously mm. everybody knows um, uh, Renton as the hero of Trainspotting, and <laughs> I think it works perfectly. It's, it's <laughs> a, oh, you, you do, he is the he is the hero. He is the hero yeah. when you think about it. Analyze yeah. that shit. He's the hero. So like, because uh, you've got Begbie's the villain or the anti-hero. Mm. He's the anti-hero in Trainspotting. Oh no, he's quite a bad guy actually. No, it's great. Yeah. It's good to if you like Trainspotting. It's good to catch up with the guys. The soundtrack is mixed really well. The soundtrack's absolutely phenomenal. Like I, I absolutely love it. I still play it. Work like Wolf Mother Silk and uh, um, Slow Slippy Underworld and the Prodigy's remix of Lust for Life is incredible. Check those out if you haven't. But I mean, if you're a fan of Trainspotting one uh, and you just want a fun, this is more funny than the first film was gritty and urban. And for the time mm. it came out, it, it showed actually it was kind of shocking at the time to show heroin on the big screen in such a blatant way. But that's what life was like then and is so now. But this isn't really obviously about the heroin because most of them have quit it there is drugs in the film but like this is more about how the characters have evolved and Begbie's wanting out of jail and like oh it's so good and Simon and obviously at the end of Train and uh, for like all their money took like 30 grand or something um, and uh, the, the one I feel sorry for is uh, like his story is quite a sad story 
Um, but it's clever the twist that they do at the end with Spud, who they make him out to be. Like it's really clever. So I would, I would yeah. highly recommend watching this. Okay, so sorry, I took a bit much time like jizzing over Justice League, but like um, at number three is uh, I didn't think I would have one of these. And this is a Lego movie, Andy. This is the Lego Batman movie. Oh, the Lego Batman movie is really good, yeah. man. Which was probably it was unexpected to me because I, mm. I enjoyed the Lego movie. I'm not going to take that the Lego Batman movie. I would go ahead and say that it's probably my favorite Batman movie. I'd probably it's a great Batman that. movie. Yeah, absolutely I'd say great. that quite happily. Um, it's my favorite incarnation of Robin. I absolutely yeah. love that Robin. <laughs> the humor in it is spot on. Uh, there's more like I, I, I just over Justice League for having them all in it. This is getting more characters than you can think of, especially ba- obscure Batman villains that some I didn't even know. Um, but the likes of Ross would probably pick up on. But um, really liked it. Uh, I've watched it about two or three times now. I'm going to probably pick this up in 4K when it hits the sale. But Lego Batman, I'm not even that big a fan of Lego. And this was just a hilarious movie. Like even the jibes to like the the bat suits with the nipples on it, and like the the, the strange period he had in the sixties, but it flashed back to like um, the Adam West Batman. Absolutely brilliant. I absolutely love this. What did you think of the things that they did with like the cross universe stuff, where they pulled in some of the other things, like the Lord of the Rings and that? In the Batman movie, well, it's yeah. it's a Lego movie, so I didn't really care. Yeah. My. No, I just wondered. Like, uh, I wondered if you thought that took away from the fact that it was like Batman, because no. they obviously no. they had so many Batman villains, and then they chucked in mm-hmm. like other things from like Sauron. other movie, like yeah, Sauron, <laughs> and like they had uh, like some of the other shit in there as well. From I can't remember what the other ones were, but there was Lord of the Rings in there definitely. Are you sure? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, because well, Joker rounded up the bad. Or was it Joker? Somebody rounded up all the bad it guys. Was, it was Joker. No, it's, it's a cracking movie. No, that doesn't take yeah. away from it. It's still the best Batman movie. Um, yeah, Lego Batman. I don't have kids yet. Um, a few days like yet. Yeah, my order's taken a while to <laughs> Lego Batman was incredible. I was surprised. And, like, I laughed at that movie. Um, <laughs> it's just so stupid. I'm going to watch it tonight after the show. Um, like, um, I, I, to... I want to see that with, I want to see that with Bethany actually this year. And, uh, or last year. And uh, she loved it as well, man. Like, I absolutely mm. loved it. It's so well done. It's clearly done by fans of Batman, not just thrown together as a kid yeah, movie. definitely. It's, it's done love and care. Um, number two is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, pretty much echo everything that Andy said about it. Um, Yondu was a standout to me. Mm. Uh, really good movie. That's I, I, Andy's covered it. Like, not as good as first. But it's cool to stay with the characters, and I really hope they survive if they do this whole universe reboot. I really hope those Guardians survive because Chris Pratt's Star Lord is just perfect. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And uh, Batista's good. Batista was in um, uh, Blade Runner that I watched last night as well. All right, okay. yeah. They did dumb down tra- Drax in this a hell of a lot. Rocket mm. was good as well. <coughs> um, and at number one, sorry, spoilers. Uh, the start for this, but uh, Wonder Woman. Um, I just thought, like, yes, this came out during the year of Gate, if you will, where, like, at some points, not in a bad way, it felt like there was certain films being made for the sake of being made as a female reboot, is the place where I can say it. And I wasn't against them. I mean, I've seen the Ghostbusters. Um, I'm looking forward to Ocean's 8. I don't mind most of them. But Wonder Woman sadly came out this year during it, and it kind of got tarped in with it and kind of used as the flag for the 
hardcore feminist movement. Um, which is unfair for it because this film's. I, I'm going to go ahead and say the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Nice. Um, Do you know, the, I still haven't seen it yet, and like I yeah. really should have seen it by now. Like I, I, would I, I 100% so. will watch it in the next it, couple of weeks. It 100% would have been in the top three of your list if you'd seen it, mm. Andy. Like this is, um, and the strange thing is, like it reminds me a lot of Captain. America, right, it, it will remind you a lot of Captain America, but Tasha's like, no, no, it's not the same. She hates Captain America, though, right? <laughs> um, the casting of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was incredible. I wasn't one of those guys that went, "What the fuck? What the fuck? Why?" Gal Gadot is sexy. This movie's yep. perfect. She's such a strong fucking woman in this. And I don't mean that as in like Beyonce independent woman. She's such a strong character. She's so believable that she's kicking all this ass that like I think she's more believable than Ben Affleck as Superman, as Batman and Henry Cavill as Superman. She 100% blows them off the screen every time she's on screen with the two of them. Um, th- that's Justice League and in Batman versus Superman, I felt. Um, she steals the show. She's so watchable. She catches your eye. Um, her acting's really cool. And like you just believe that this woman's badass. And there's a certain scene, the, the Wonder Woman theme, fuck me, like for a theme to come out of nowhere within two years, that's iconic now. It's up there with like the Batman theme and Superman for me. Like, see when I hear that, it's like well, fucking Wonder Woman, yes. I've got it in 4K now. And it's the story of Diana, and I'm kind of glad they've done it this way. And at first, I was like, "Oh, it's just a copycat of America." Is it fuck? It's set in World War One, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of similar. And um, it's set amongst um, Chris Pine's character. Uh, he's a pilot, and it's about his squadron trying to take down the Third Reich or the Nazis or Hitler or whoever, all those bad guys, and um, just badass. There's a scene called No Man's Land, and you know, No Man's Land was in the war. Yep no man could walk across and Diana said yes but I can oh man it gives me chills yes. thinking about it and the music and none of it feels like oh that's like if Superman flew across that would be ridiculous but see hard like running through this village like beating the shit out of these German soldiers I say soldiers Nazi soldiers and like well, just throwing well, them out of windows and some of them were forced one, into they were, it they weren't Nazis no they weren't you're right but it was they, in they Germany like, yeah, they were like they're just the German army. Yeah, so like she fought them and she was just kicking them. Out. And, oh my god! And I'm glad they finished it the way that they did. Um, I won't spoil it, but like they couldn't have kept certain things. Um, Spud from Trainspotting's in it. I'll tell you that. Spud from <laughs> Trainspotting's one at one of the not Highland Commandos. Went to Highland Commandos. I cannot remember the name of the troop, but uh, Wonder Woman's so fucking. It's brought. I can't think of a superhero film I like. Uh, I like more than it at the moment. Like um. It's hard to call Guardians one a superhero film because I can see yep. that as a sci-fi movie. You yeah, know? Totally. Um, even though they are heroes, it's like what would you call Luke Skywalker a superhero? Not really. So, no. um, Wonder Woman is like this is as iconic as I would say Michael Keaton's Batman and uh, like Chris Reeves' Superman, if you will. This is up there with like, wow, nice. this is a moment, and it's so cool that like obviously you've got a daughter, I've got a daughter coming in a few few weeks. And uh, they've got this movie that they can go, yeah, that's that's my movie to fall back on. If they like superhero films when they're older, but you know how we sometimes would watch um, Christopher Reeves' Superman or like um, like I said, Michael Keaton's Batman. Like it's cool that girls and guys obviously have Wonder Woman to watch because I, I I don't even think Superman looks as badass as Wonder Woman when she's kicking ass. I swear to God, um, Bethany did perfect. go and see it this year. Mm-hmm. Like she went she to enjoy see it at the cinema and she absolutely loved it. So. Yeah, that's great. It's it's good that it's doing what it's doing, and I know I commented on 
but you understand. I hope the listeners understand as well what shame that it kind of came out the year when all that stuff was going on. That mm, yeah, I don't think it, it never got overlooked. It was so Deadpool a lot, do you know what I mean? But like the fact that um, the fact that it came out this year and they kind of used that as the tempo, it's like that's not fair for the film because it's not just a film for women. It's just a good mm. superhero movie, and that's what I assume the females too sort of movement wants. Do you know what I mean? Like women to be equal to guys and this film yep. does fucking prove that like i don't look at this and go it's oh that like supergirl in the telly is mm, a fucking yeah. woman designed <laughs> for women tv show yeah. it is it's it's 100 percent it is a superhero appeals to all movie there's no parts of it where you feel like i'm watching a chick's movie and i know that's an old-fashioned way of thinking but i'm sorry i was brought up in the 80s that's generally how i think so i i watch supergirl and i go this is a bit girly and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's just how it is, just how my yeah. mind is. But Wonder Woman, like I said, I don't want to watch Superman. Do I want to watch like fucking Batman? No, I want to watch Wonder Woman because that's a fucking good movie, and that should be what all these female movies aim to achieve. So that I don't these guys that think like me or think worse than me don't consider it as that's a chick flick. They consider it as ju- that's just a movie. That's what it mm. should be. Yeah. So nice. Wonder Woman, in a way, did wonders. <laughs> and it, <laughs> It's it's not just my favorite movie this year. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So awesome film. Thanks. So anyway, are we going to do a bit of gaming news, games, and stories, um, or how, how do you want to tell? Yeah, I mean, I, the news has been like. <laughs> I need to get a throat sweet anyway because I'm about to not be able to speak. I mean, the news has been like kind of off and on. To be honest, like there's nothing that. That I can go. Oh. I, w- I want you to talk about the Switch stories and the Switch, Switch stories. P- Switch, Switch, and PS2 now. The what? Sorry. Switch and PlayStation Two. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we can kind of talk about that as like yeah, part of our discussion here. Please. You're wasting time. I'm going to get through, sweetie. That's what I was getting. At. Fuck me, Andy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, um, the Switch uh, has broken a record right which is previously held by the the ps2 right uh, so this is in uh, in japan during its launch year the switch has sold 3.2 million units whereas the ps2 sold just over 3 million units so the switch in its launch year outsold the ps2 in its launch year and they came out around about the same sort of time so they had roughly the same uh amount of time on the market both coming out in March uh, now that is fucking huge for me like the PS2 is like, the best selling console of all time can the Switch keep up those numbers I don't know um, in terms of what they did this year like they released a new Mario a new Zelda plus all the rest of the stuff um, and that's obviously bolstered their sales massively like there's an actual break- I don't know if you looked at the breakdown alley of this but um, I but like the PS2, like in its first month on sale, sold like eight hundred thousand units, and the yep. Switch sold like five hundred thousand, right? But then the the PS2, like way outsold it, like pretty much up to yeah, up to like August in its first year, and then after August, the Switch suddenly outsold the PS2 massively in uh, in every single month. And I mean, I'm talking like ridiculously so, like because uh, they released more units. Yeah, I think that's what it is, like, because uh, Nintendo ramped up their production of the Switch and had shitloads of consoles available for, like, the last six months of the year. Um, so, like, 
in in October, for example. PS2 in October and it's and it's launch year sold like just over a hundred thousand. Switch sold over three hundred thousand. And in in November PS2 sold sixty thousand, and in November Switch sold three hundred and seventy two thousand. Well, and then when guys this... that like we know that one of us, Nelson, who isn't really a Nintendo gamer, goes out mm. and feels the need to buy one, that shows you the effect that have the general public. Yep. And then, like in December, PS2 sold 164,000. Switch sold 844,000 in the first four weeks. 844,000! That's a fucking shitload of consoles. Like, that's obviously like people going, okay, right, this is this is the Christmas fucking like thing to buy for people. Uh, there's oh, yeah. Mario, there's Zelda, there's Mario Kart, there's Splatoon 2, all the other stuff. Like, the library is there, there's plenty of it. It's there's plenty of quality, quality games, and they've managed to get the message over well with the console this year. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more <laughs> as this show goes on. But yeah, I mean, like the rest, of, the rest of the new stuff, like it's pretty much filler, to be totally honest. <laughs> so, I'd rather do your list and then games at the end. Yes, yes, totally agree. Okay. So, so this tell is tell our... new listeners what you do every year. Okay, so every year I come up with some some categories that I want to discuss, and uh, and I, I want to get Ali's input on what like the best and worst of different aspects of games are every year. So I basically make a list of different things, uh, and then we have to pick like what was our pick for that that category. Yes. So we'll run for run for this list here, and then we can get to our our top tens at yeah. at the end. Um. So first of all. Worst game of the year. Okay, so I'm gonna go um, for For Honor. Mm-hmm. Which okay. Was just was fucking... that this year? Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, it was. It was uh, I bought it because it came in. Uh, I was in Irvine at the start of. It was last year anyway, because it's 2018. Like in yeah. January, I was still in Irvine, and I think it came out January, February before I moved, and I had it traded in the next day. It is rock paper scissors online mm-hmm. only. Bullshit, boring, brown, fucking game worst horrible game ever <laughs> now you know like i've i wouldn't say that there was in fact you know i'm gonna i might change this hold on i said no, the no, same I thing as you and then i remember for honor came out this year <laughs> no i don't think that i don't think you that you would have said that this game I, I just need to double check if a game came out this year that i played this year no, it did not. Okay, cool. Right, I'll stick with what I, what I was originally going to say then. Right, okay. So for for me and uh, for me, it's probably Star Wars Battlefront Two <laughs> was probably the the worst experience that I had with a game this year. Did not enjoy it one bit. I tried I tried the single player, didn't like it. Tried the multiplayer, didn't like it. Just because you don't like good Star Wars. Apart, yeah. Apart from the uh, apart from the the graphics, just the game had nothing that was drawing me to it at all. Which, oh, which is a, a bit a bit <laughs> of a shame because I was really looking forward to it and I, and I picked it up. To be honest, I picked it up not expecting to like it and I actually bought the game twice just to give it because I didn't give <laughs> no, it a fair you, crack you the got, first time. You, you didn't buy it twice. You got it with a bundle. Well, and I got it with a bundle. I did buy it once and then got it with a bundle. <laughs> But like I didn't give it a fair crack the first time, and I wanted to to try it and give it, uh, give the multiplayer a shot and whatnot. But did not enjoy the multiplayer. Anyone near as much as what I enjoyed 
uh, Battlefront one. So See, that that it. that was mine. I can't can't agree at all because I just even just playing heroes and villains, it's all its new like objectives and stuff. Like we'll get get it again once it comes to yeah, the new change. Quite quite possibly, and I mean I know they've patched it quite a bit and stuff like that since uh, since the game came out. So it might have, it might even be a wee bit different from when I played remember, it at launch. Remember, I got it like a few months after you because they announced mm-hmm. that was the stupidest thing they ever done. They said, mm-hmm. "Hey guys, when the last Jedi comes out, we're gonna have a sale." Okay, I'll wait. And I did, and I waited, <laughs> and I bought it in the sale for thirty eight quid instead of sixty <laughs> or fifty. <laughs> So, uh, next category is the biggest letdown of the year. Is Cuphead. Piece of shit. Okay. Uh, I mean, I could... it. it looks, I'll say it looks lovely. That's the only yeah. thing I can say in its defence. I mean, what I would say like about Cuphead is it's it's just too hard. Like, it's hard. That. It's hard. I think it's just hard for the sake of being hard. Like, all the aspects of the game work absolutely fine, but I think they could have done with, like, they do More have, platform. like, a simp. Yeah, they, they, yeah, I mean, definitely, but they do have a simple mode in it, right? But it's not simple enough. Like, they should make no. it even easier. Like, just so that it's... It's just so that you can get to experience the game because, like, so much of the game is locked off behind progress that you can only play, like, a few of the levels until you beat them. And, I mean, I know yeah. that's the concept of the game, right? But if you're locking off pretty much your entire game behind the difficulty, there's a bit of a problem there. So, like, there's going to be a lot of people that will never experience, like, the shit that you've made later in the game, which is... Which could be absolutely fucking incredible. Like I have no See, idea. Um, I got you just this can't get day to one. It. I got this day one, and I de- mm. I've deleted it. Uh, um, I don't have time for it. I wanted a, a difficult platformer like Rayman, and they promised us something similar because originally it was meant to be boss fight, boss, boss fight, boss fight, and then they mm. went, "Oh, we need to add more." All they done was added an overhead map basically and a few more enemies, mm. but it's not levels. Don't call them levels. It's not platforming. You just have to walk forward a bit and shoot some enemies to get to the boss. It's bullshit. No, that was it, the biggest letdown for me because I looked so much forward to it. It reminds me of uh, Cloudberry Kingdom a little bit, but oh, it's Cloudberry not. Kingdom's a good game. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say it's as fun as Cloudberry Kingdom though, because Cloudberry Kingdom you always felt like you were making progress in the game. Yeah. In this game, you don't. You just feel like you're bashing your head off against a brick wall until the brick wall falls down, which takes uh, a long it, time. Like it, it was in Bethany's game. Yeah, I mean, but she just likes it because of the, the style and like she. Oh. I mean, she will probably never beat any of the levels on her own. Like, not not at this age anyway. Like, it's way too hard for any kids. And it's kind of a shame because, like, it's really... It, it could be a really incredible kids game if they just made a really simple mode. Because even simple mode is fucking hard. Like, really, really difficult. Uh, like, I've only beaten... I've beaten one boss on simple. And then I've beaten one of the run and gun levels. And, the, I mean, the boss on simple was okay. Like, I got through that alright. But the... Uh, the run and gun level, like that, took me like fifty goes to beat it, like, and you had to really like learn the patterns of the enemies coming down. Which I mean, I get that's the point of the game, but again, like I say, you're locking off your whole game behind like this difficulty. That there's a bit of a problem there, but uh, stylistically, it's cool. But yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from with that. If for me, like, it's kind of a toss up for the biggest letdown between uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. But I mean, I already spoke about that. Um, and so I'm going to say that for me it was uh, probably Midloth Shadow of War. Yeah, because I, I knew that. I thought that. Yeah, because like I went into this this year like absolutely dying to play that game, and then as like more and more information came out about it, I was like, I don't want to buy this, and I ended up didn't play it at all. So like it's one that I eventually will play, and it's probably all right. But like I just expected that to be 
so good and to be to be one of those games that I had to get day one because I loved uh, Shadow of uh, Shadow of Mordor. Um, it was a good game. And and because of all the other because of all the other shit that went on with this game, like all the stuff with the loot boxes and all the the controversy with their stupid day one DLC that they tried to like flog off to people for charity and things like that. I was like, no, do you know what? I can just give this a game my miss for just now. And uh, but yeah, so like that one. Uh, probably my biggest letdown, which is strange because I didn't actually play it. Yeah. But the biggest letdown is that I didn't play it because of those things, which is a, which is a problem with the perception of that game. Yeah. I mean, I was excited for it because, although I've still not finished the original one, but I've I've no need to buy it now until it's like nine pound. I will not yeah. buy this until <laughs> it's cheap as fuck because I would have probably, if I was ready to get back into Mordor, I bought it on the Xbox, I got it digital cheap on, I don't know if it's CD keys or something, and I was ready to jump in and play it, and then when all this came out and you were telling me about it, I'm like, nah. So yeah, that was a letdown for me as well. Maybe not as much, because you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, but yep. yeah, I'm, it was a letdown as well, yeah. Uh, so the next one is the best new IP. Okay, I'm going to go, it's kind of a cheeky one, um, and I had to think about it. And I was going to go with Horizon, but then I didn't enjoy it as much as this game. I'm going to go with Ukulele, which does count as... Okay. Does that count as a new IP, yeah? Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay, so now a lot of folk might go and blast me, blast me. When that came out, it was terrible. Probably, but I got it for Switch, motherfuckers. So I got the edition that had all the problems ironed out on. Game that is so fun to play and really reminiscent of Banjo-Kazooie. So I love the characters, I love the world, it's bright and colourful. It came out at the right time for me because I'd finished Mario. If it came out at the same time, I might not have be, not been as keen. Um, but still, an incredible game that I'm working my way through. It's more challenging than Mario, but then again, Banjo Kazooie always was a bit more. It was, yeah, tricky. So yeah, I'm liking it. Uh, Ukulele, two great, great, lovable characters. Nice. Um, I still haven't played Ukulele. I will. I'll pick it up on a Switch at some point. Um, yeah. That's one I reckon I'll get like uh, a limited run physical. <laughs> yeah, it will. It'll be um, that limited run games will do it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll probably I'll probably wait till then to get it. Um, yeah. So best new IP for me was Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I, I really I, I liked that game. I felt that the world that it created was really interesting, and I yeah. wanted to see them tell more stories in it. I wasn't I wasn't interested in the Frozen Wilds expansion or or whatever. Like I'll just wait for the sequel, but. Uh, but the actual world that it created there was really intriguing and <laughs> fucking cool. It was it was like the Tomb Raider me- remake mixed with Zelda a bit. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, really, really good game. Good, good open world as well. Like, uh, not as good as some other ones though. <laughs> we'll get to. Uh, so the next one is the best remake slash remaster this year, or twenty seventeen. Um, now, see, I did have a game that we discussed before, but I don't consider the, the game that we talked about um, being a remake or a remaster because I mm-hmm. consider it as the same ga- the Game of the Year edition uh, of the game that we already covered. So for me, it is an actual remaster, and it's uh, Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap, okay. mm-hmm. um, which we got a review code from .email Games who um, sent it to us, and I bought it again on the switch which is perfect to play on i love this game in the mass system it was the first game that properly picked up from the end of the it just got it, things like this get me so excited like it, the dragon gets slayed but this game starts and you're leaving the castle instead of a brand new adventure you're leaving the castle dragon's a dick and curses you and turns you into a dragon such a good platforming game and you can swap between the old time graphics and the new sort of um hand-drawn graphics it is a lovely lovely game finished and done now but i mean like such a good game 
Yeah, uh, I still haven't played that yet. It does no. look fucking beautiful, though. Like, I, I will get it at some point, but yeah, I haven't got around to it yet. And I, I, I do remember playing that back in the Master System back in the day. I don't have the same nostalgic love for it as what you did, but yeah. I do still cool remember it fondly. The cool thing is, all your this is the coolest thing I've ever heard of doing, Andy, and you heard this as well. If you still have codes from the original game with, like, uh, say you had got the lion and the, the, the mouse and you got a certain code, you know, it was mm. password input, that same password will work in this new version. Nice. So you can carry over your progress from, yes. like, 20-odd years ago? Yes. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so the best remake slash remaster for me was uh, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. I thought, they did, yeah. I thought they did a really interesting job with this. Um, they made it feel a bit fresh. Now, that's kind of a strange thing to say because this was originally a PS2 game that came out right at the end of the PS2 life cycle. And it, back at, back then, it was it looked fucking beautiful. Um, they've they've upscaled it and stuff like that a bit, but you can tell it's like still an old game. But where they've like remastered it is more in terms of the uh, the gameplay mechanics. So they've added in like the zodiac job system, so you can uh, you have to pick a job role, uh, like a job class for your character, um, and that dic- that kind of dictates uh, how you progress the character rather than just in the original game, like the European release anyway. It was kind of scattergun; you could just go wherever on the board. But this one, this one sort of gets you to go down different paths, and it actually tells your characters to be different from each other. Whereas in the original game. The characters could always end, could all end up being the same. So, but in this one, it makes it feel more like the MMO that it always was felt like. But it makes it feel like even more like that because you've got these defined job roles. You've got your tank and you've got your black mage and your white mage, that sort of thing. So, I've I really enjoyed that that difference and getting to rediscover that story was really cool. Um, it was definitely the game, the the remaster slash remake game that I put the most time into this year. I, I think I put probably like twenty hours into it. Uh, before before I decided, okay, like I need to play some new games, and I'll come back to this at another time. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like Mario Kart Eight, I I did love it, and I, and I would, I mean, it is upscaled it's and not, stuff like that a wee bit from the Wii U. It's not a remake. It's the same game. Like Colin, like if I put a game in my Xbox, like if I play Knights of the Old Republic on the Xbox One X, mm-hmm. it looks mm-hmm. better, but that's not a remake. It's true, just, that's true. Yeah. It's kind of a game of the year version, I would say. Yeah. If you, if you had to classify it as anything, because it does include all the mm. DLC and stuff like that. And a couple um, of characters. Yeah, it is the best version of Mario Kart, though. Yeah, because you can drive about as the Splatoon squids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the next cast- category is the best new character. Now, I've cheated. I do have two in this. But if, if you don't allow them, that's fair enough. But I'm going to go with Ukulele again, because yeah. it's it's like saying banjo, but not kazooie. Do you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. come as a pair. Yeah. Um, ukulele are basically. Um, obviously, this was the game I talked about earlier in Rare. The old team at Rare came to get. They left Microsoft after being kept in the basement to make fucking avatars and sports games for the Connect. And they decided, fuck this. We want to make an actual game. They done a Kickstarter. They made this. Ukulele are so iconic. They feel like they've escaped the late nineties, early two thousands. Like yep. they're so cool, and I really hope we see a sequel. And I think we probably will see a sequel from them. Um, I would love to see them in like um, Sega All Stars Racing or something, you know, um, pop up there. 
Uh, that would be or like awesome. Smash Bros like, or something like that. Smash Brothers or something. Yeah, ukulele Smash Brothers yeah. would be awesome. I, I think I think that's why you're <coughs> you're okay bundling them together because I think if you did have them in the game like Smash Brothers, they would. It be would be you can lily. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't get lily by by. Nope. Nope. I uh, go with nice. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good pick. Uh, for me, I went for uh, Aya from Assassin's Creed Origins. His wife. Uh, yeah, by ex-wife, and I can't really tell you why. No, because I've not finished quite yet. Because you've not finished it yet, but uh, I, I like I really really liked Bayek in it, but the uh, Bayek love, but um, but yeah, just something about Aya, like was fucking cool, and yeah. I'll not say any more about it, but uh, I, I really liked the parts where you played as her in, in that game. Uh, that game overall was fucking brilliant, but yeah, she, she was the, the best kind of new character for me. Cool. Uh, so the next one is the best sidekick. Um, best sidekick? What have I got here? Oh, no, wait, sorry. Uh, you, oh, no, you did say your best sidekick. Yeah, best sidekick. Best you can. Uh, it's Cappy from Mario Odyssey. Okay. I can I can see why you would say that, yeah. Because it's like the okay, he's technically a Mario move, but he's a living cap from the cap world, and he now feels like part of Mario's move set. Like I said, when Mario Galaxy Two, like I'm expecting to be able to throw my hat now. I just think mm. it's great, and I don't think Mario can go back from. Him. <laughs> yeah, that's the only issue with it going forward. Like how like how would you take that away from Mario once you've given it to him? You could have an adventure where Cap is stolen. But but I, I felt that like, well I mean they did that a couple of times in Mario Odyssey and like I felt those parts were the weakest parts of the game <laughs> when you didn't have the cap I was like oh I want to be able <laughs> yeah. to I want to be able to control this guy that I can see like That's and I understand why they did it for like the gameplay perspective and yeah. to mix it up a little bit but it felt limiting when they took it away from you and I'm like yeah. oh I want, I want cap right. back <laughs> but you've got the but you've got the full Mario moveset do you know what I mean so limiting yeah yeah I like Cappy. Top hat Cappy. Top hat Cappy. <laughs> uh, for me, the best sidekick was Eagle! <laughs> what? Oh, the Eagle from Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm. Uh, what, what was his name? Uh, I don't know. Eagle. Senu. Senu the Eagle. It was I, Eagle. I fucking, I fucking loved this Eagle just because it was so useful in terms of like a gameplay mechanic. Like, um, I, I would say that it's just as useful as Cappy. Like I would use that eagle so fucking much in Assassin's Creed Origins, like, and it essentially works as a drone in Egypt, and back in the Egypt uh, Pharaoh times, um, you used it to map out like your location, decide yeah, they can't, who you they can't go attack. back, they can't go back from that either. <laughs> they can't go back from that. They need to always have some sort of bird vision yeah. that you can they can go up to, uh, because that really like stood out as a really good game mechanic for me this this year and. Uh, I, and I know that like that's maybe a kind of cop out for like the sidekick to sort of be a game mechanic, but I mean the eagle is with you like through the game, <laughs> through the entire game, and he he flies about and and helps you out wherever he can. Uh, but yeah, I really liked him, especially when you're like I mean, we spoke about it on the show before, like when you're on the horse and you just go up in the eagle and you can watch Bayek and the the fact that this character is actually useful. And you can control them, and it's a completely different, uh, like move set and whatnot. From uh, yeah, in perspective as well, from what you're doing as Bayek and whatnot. Like yeah, really about them. I dug it, but yeah, they totally need to keep some sort of eagle vision 
in the in the game. They could they could do it. They could do it in Dogs Three with a drone. That was what. Yep. I mean, they did have a drone in Watch Dogs Two. Uh, I didn't. But not like I that. didn't. Well, I, I don't know because like I didn't experience enough of, of Watch Dogs Two to to because I know you can get a drone that flies about because the drone when I played it was just driving about as an RC car. Um, and I didn't like it that much, but like having this eagle thing, fucking cool. So uh, this is a strange category to have in it this year because there hasn't really been it very much. But uh, yeah, best toys to life game. Did you play any this year? I just put none. Yeah, I mean it's been kind of the year of. Two thousand and seventeen was yeah the death of toys to life. <laughs> the death of toys to life games because Disney Infinity went away, Lego Dimensions went away, and Skylanders just said oh, we're not going to put a game out other than. Skylanders Superchargers on the Switch. Um, however, they, I mean, Lego Dimensions did put out a few packs this year as well. Uh, so I'm going to say Lego Dimensions. That that would be be my pick for the year. They did put out a couple of a couple of packs to uh, to finish off their their set, and they they like they're okay stuff. But yeah, slim pickings for that. Next year though, we're getting one that's coming out, uh, which is like you buy these little spaceship things. And you can customise them and whatnot, and then you scan them into your controller. No, I'm done. It's uh, I think you might get this one because it looks fucking cool. It's uh, but it's it's more like sci-fi type thing rather than like a kids game. It's more geared towards adults than for kids. Uh, it's coming out on Switch, I one, so I know the one you mean. I, but... I forget what it's called, right? But like, that's my prediction for that for next year. Um. Because Skylanders will bring out a game, but there's no Disney Infinity, no Lego Dimension. So, uh, the problem with these Toys to Life things is that they are very expensive to produce the figures, even for your Lego Dimensions, like all the Lego shit that they're having to make. Uh, very expensive. So that's why they're that's why they've gone away. Skylanders will come back in some form or another, but I'm I'm not sure how they'll do it. They might do cards instead. Um, but I mean, Amiibos overall though are good. Amiibos are still going, yeah. Yeah, if, you can't any, really say if any, I'll choose Amiibo. <laughs> yeah, you can't really say that's a Toys to Life game, though. But no. I mean, maybe, maybe for next year we'll change it to Best Toys to Life Line, and then Amiibos can just win it forever. <laughs> we're the only ones surviving next year. Yeah, Amiibos are, are the highest quality of them, though. Uh, so I mean, they, they plus they can function over multiple games, which gives them longer lasting lives. Like I mean, you look at the Zelda Amiibos, and they can still sell like fucking shitloads of them, uh, even though they're been out for years now uh, so the the next one is uh, best controller uh, is the pro controller for the Switch yep same for me <laughs> same for me <laughs> of course best the best controller this year um, the, the redesigns they've done to the PS4 controller have been decent but I mean all, essentially all they did was they extended the battery life and they put a hole in it so you the battery the life ain't no shit compared to the Pro Controller though no it's <laughs> not, the Pro Controller's got an outstanding fucking battery life um, it's also like the the I would say that uh, analog sticks on it are probably better as well yeah. than the uh, than the DualShock Xbox and PlayStation, yeah. and the Xbox one yeah um, and the controller just feels solid in quality and it feels so much better than the Wii U Pro Controller like they, they've Taken everything on board that people have been saying yeah. about controllers no, for the last. They took few years. on what they took on what we said about Nikos, because mm. it it was designed properly. Because the Wii, mm. I've still got. Oh no, I don't have the Wii U. I, I get rid of that to get my Xbox worth it. Um, the analog sticks were opposite each other instead of mm. properly positioned. This one just feels brilliant in your hand. It's also got NFC technology built in yep. and HD rumble. 
Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say the HD rumble is a big feature for me, but like having the NFC is cool because it means that yeah. you can just tap your amiibo onto it and use your amiibos on it, which is handy. Um, but yeah, I really love this controller, and I I think my the Switch has become much more important to me since I've had a real controller for it. Like playing it handheld has has been has been good, but like I never really played it on the TV up until I got the Pro Controller because the I didn't feel like playing with the Joy-Cons gave me a good experience when I played with them off of the, the system. It's cool that they're there, but if you want to play it on the TV, I would say that get a fucking Pro Controller, 100%, or at least one of those <coughs> wild controllers, but this, the Pro Controller is just it's an outstanding controller. It's the most expensive of the controllers and probably the most expensive controller that I've ever purchased as well because it was like... 60 quid or whatever um but yeah fucking worth every penny great controller uh, i got the splatoon one the pink and green yeah i've got the standard i've also got like uh the the wireds um pro controller but it's the zelda edition one you know that doesn't have mm, yep. stuff but i mean the feel of that's fine but it's not a patch in the pro controller it's it's a secondary mm. controller <laughs> yeah it's for it's for player two <laughs> it's a player two controller which is a good player two controller yeah, definitely. But yeah, Switch Pro Controller by far the best controller this year. Um, although I would say the the controller that shipped with the Xbox One X and it's like the new yeah. the the black the new black controller. It's really nice. Like that's the best Xbox controller they've done. Oh, it feels so I've much got, nicer. The one I've got makes is phenomenal. Yeah, it feels so much better in in terms of the ergonomics of it than the than the original Xbox controller and the redesigned one with the jack in it. Um, so best soundtrack um, I'm going to go with Mario Odyssey I love the songs in it I love the music I love the new Donk City um, I love the advert, the song for the advert I just liked every bit of it, honestly <laughs> I mean I did like the soundtrack in it but um, for for me when I was thinking about like the games that came out this year and the soundtracks and stuff like that the only one that really stood out to me is having like music that I actually really enjoyed listening to and I think a lot of it was because Bethany really liked listening to the music from it is uh, Undertale now you might say that's a cop out because technically Undertale came out on PC like a couple of years ago but it did come out on PS4 in 2017 <coughs> and Vita so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that uh, it has the best soundtrack and we we did like we bought the uh, the collector's edition that came with the soundtrack uh, CD discs and this this the soundtrack is actually a really well done soundtrack and uh yeah check check it out like if you're into kind of like if you're into chiptune type stuff like it's it's worth a listen like it's really well written music so the next uh next category is the best graphics i know you have the xbox one x so you'll have the best graphical experience possible yeah for this one <laughs> So, uh, which is which is your pick? Has to go to Forza Seven. There's okay. Not a, there's not a question in my mind that, that I've mm. seen a game that looks nicer than that so far. It's got 4K HDR and Xbox One X enhanced. Like it's like obviously Forza Eight's going to look better, right? But at the mm. moment, Forza games always look good, as you know. They always look better than the Horizon ones because there's not as much going on. But holy fuck, the rain effects, just being in the car, and um, the actual like individual changes of the gears, you can see the drive doing like the way the tiles talk, like everything about this it just looks it's sleek polished and absolutely gorgeous and the reason Gran Turismo can't exist anymore <laughs> yeah I mean like I've seen the graphics from Forza compared to Gran Turismo and it's like night and day like Gran yeah. Turismo 
and and I've played Gran Turismo on a PS4 Pro, albeit without 4K, and it does look nice, but it doesn't look anywhere near like what Forza looks. No, especially like, not the X. <laughs> Especially yeah, so so I can only imagine that it looks so much better on the X, but yeah. I, Don't I, get me wrong, I'll, I'll give a slight nod to an kit, but fix it in Battlefront 2, because it is mm-hmm. also Xbox One X enhanced and 4K mm-hmm. and HDR. They're spot on at some scenes, um, but you can't take it away from Forza, you know, like mm-hmm. it's always going to look better when it's just a track racer, so it gets to focus on the weather effects and yep. like the, the we'll get to the water, but like yeah, the well, water would, in the games. You would think that though because but like Gran Turismo Sport doesn't like it's a, just a track racer and like it doesn't look anyone near as good as Forza Horizon Three. No, but most of their days were getting drunk and listening to engine noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, best graphics, I'm gonna give it to Assassin's Creed Origins. Like I, I really liked the way that they they did that game and uh, it. Like I mean, Assassin's Creed has always had good graphics, and this is just a continuation of that. And uh, now that they've. Now they've fully away from last gen, and they they don't need to worry about that. They, I think they've improved their uh, their graphics quite a bit since uh, like yeah. the Assassin's Creed Black Flag days. The Xbox or the Xbox One X again? Sorry, but like yeah, it, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, um, like I was kind of at a toss up between this and Horizon, but I, I think Origins uh, pulled off a better job, like graphically than Horizon for me. Oops. There's one or two like issues I found with clipping and stuff like that, but. Like you, like you, like you've told us on the show, the Xbox One X fixes that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the PS4 Pro does. I don't know. I, 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 don't I will. Know. I will let you know about that in at some point in the future. Okay. Uh, so next category, best art style. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm in the middle of reading a Star Star Wars book, and believe it or not, it is the last Jedi book, Andy. <laughs> um. Right. Uh, I'll I'll show you what I was reading. I was just chuckling away there, like. So it's like uh, one of those, you know how they split, they don't do the Star Wars Encyclopedia anymore, but you get like the mm. and the cross sections, and it was just this, Kylo Ren's calligraphy set, this is canon, well sorry, it's Ben Solo, but can you imagine that emo bastard writing love letters, look at it, Ben Solo's calligraphy <laughs> sets, I'm just like, yeah you can totally yeah. see him writing the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, yeah, on, his you fucking, could, yeah. on his jaws that Luke Skywalker's giving him. Hi <laughs> oh, heart MCR. Um, uh, <laughs> best art style. Best arts, I'm giving it to um, the the Legend of. Is a fucking lovely looking game. I like the way that it's kind of semi anime, semi semi hand drawn. Um, mm. Not not to the extent of like everybody hates it because it's Toon Link, but it, it it gave a nice style to it. Nice. Uh, I, I think we'll definitely get to talk about that game a little bit more right. <laughs> as we go on. Um, best art style for me was Cuphead. Uh, that that game has an absolutely unique look. Like I've never seen a game look like that before. And it looks like an old forties cartoon, like Steamboat yep. Willie or something. It reminds me of South Park in the way that it looks exactly like you're playing a, a cartoon, yeah. which is fucking yeah. cool. And I think that's probably why Bethany likes it so much because I mean, it just looks like you're playing a cartoon, which. She would probably really like the South Park game, but it's far too grown up for her to be able to South play. Park, South Park nearly got my vote, but I mean, they already they already reached their peak. It doesn't look any better this one. Do you want know yeah, I mean? South same. Park? Yeah. Uh, so best best PS Plus game. Now you've got rid of your PlayStation now, but yeah, you but I, I had it, I had it for half of the year at least, if yep. not longer. Um, so best PS Plus game, and I analyze. 
to go for. I nearly put Life is Strange here, but Infamous Second Son, um, a sequel to this would make me even more intrigued to buy a PlayStation 4 again. Infamous Second Son was like six it was six months after the PS4 launch, but it, I don't think they've got an open-world game that matches it in my mind, like that in that style. It was so good. I mean, it's it's a really good superhero game. Like, yeah. And the fact that you can have the choices as well, whether you can be good or bad, like I, I really dug that. Great, great game. And the spray painting was yeah, fucking so that cool. Yeah, awesome. It was so cleverly done. <laughs> and it's like such an underused feature of the PS4, but like they actually used it really well. Like Why didn't they your... do a Jet Set Radio, Sega? I know. Like, me, I don't know. I might get old doing doing that over and over again. But, uh, it wouldn't. But, <laughs> yeah, well, you did them all, and then like, yeah. we're like, oh, yeah, the rest of this game, yeah, I've got no spray painting left to do. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for me, like, I've tried to pick a game that I played from PlayStation Plus that I wouldn't have played if I without it. So if it hadn't come to Plus, so whilst like inf- things like Infamous Second Son and Life is Strange and that are great fucking games, uh, I went for a uh, Lovers in Dangerous Space Time. That was a good game because that was a really cool and really different it's game. It's come to that Switch. I would, yeah, yeah. So like I would never have played that with uh, without. And and do you know what? Like I would probably buy on the Switch because yeah, I enjoyed I'm playing it on PS4. Th- yeah, that was during our Plus Points segment that we played that, and I really. Yeah. Trickier than it yeah. looked initially, yeah. Yeah, it was, but I think that playing that on the Switch actually would be perfect, because um, like you control sort of two characters and use, uh, well, use your analog sticks to move them around a little ship, and you like essentially move your uh, sort of power to different parts of the ship depending on what's happening at the time. So you can shoot stuff, you can use shields, you can use thrusters, like that sort of thing. So yeah, really, really dug that uh, that game. A really interesting concept and well, well executed for, especially for like a kind of indie game. So uh, best uh, best games with gold game. So add two here because one's a three sixty because obviously backwards compatibility. Um, so for three sixty, I put um, Star Wars Force Unleashed because it's incredible. Just mm-hmm. I, there's not been yep. a game that's matched the use of the force. Um, and this game came out what close to ten years ago, like two thousand and eight. Yeah. So <laughs> not there's not been a game since it's matched the been able mm, to use the force and the story the story of the game is great but my um they released this deluxe edition of the deluxe edition of a fucking game of Forza Five and yes it was a launch title mm. but this game still stands up to me Forza games are incredible and don't get me wrong it doesn't look as good as Seven but it's still a great game to play and to have that for free that's that's like one of that's an Xbox staple game do you know what I mean mm. so you should have grabbed it because it came with the Top Gear pack and stuff like that as well. The last one to feature Jeremy Clarkson before he's naughtiness as well. <laughs> uh, for for me, I well, I didn't have an Xbox One for the entirety of basically the entirety of two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Uh, like we got we got the S at Christmas there, which I mean, I suppose I've not talked about that, but uh, we just got the S again at like at Christmas there. So, uh, but I had a look at the games and I did download the the gold games for for this month and like i wouldn't really write home about them or anything like that so i had to look back through to see what's been on gold this year and uh for me i, I just picked one uh, i just went for assassin's creed 3 yeah it was a good uh, b- because i mean that's that's good that that's on battles compatibility and i i would thoroughly recommend playing through the desmond parts the desmond parts were very good and uh they like i did not like hate them but and Connor was kind of boring, but the Desmond parts of that game were fucking incredible. Like doing the thing over the UFC fight and that. Oh man, that was that was a special moment in gaming. Like, oh yeah. See, so yeah, that would be my pick. Uh, best free to play game. 
Did you play any this year? Yeah, I did. Uh, Fortnite, okay. which kind of uh, tidied me over till PUBG arrived, and mm. I'll never play it again, but it was good for free. Uh, I went for uh, StarCraft 2, because StarCraft 2 went free to play this year. Cool. And now, obviously, it was this game was released a number of years ago, but it, it was this year it came out as the free-to-play version of it, so I'll go for StarCraft 2. And you can play the single-player and the multiplayer, uh, which, I mean, the single-player is fucking great. The multiplayer's more Starcraft so that, I thought that was that was a really smart move of Blizzard to do that uh, best multiplayer mm, what did I have Splatoon because it's awesome yep <laughs> Splatoon 2 for me as well uh, that was the, probably the game that I played most in multiplayer this year. and do you know what as I wrote this out tell you because I just had <clears throat> yeah Splatoon 2 was great like I think I think they could they could have done a bit more help from Nintendo because Nintendo didn't make it easy for you to play in multiplayer with your friends, but yeah, but I mean, it does definitely the potential for more Splatoon, and it was the multiplayer on it is really fucking fun. Once you can get into it and get into the same match with your friends, like we had a great time playing Splatoon too. Like when it came out, like really enjoyed it. Uh, so best alpha, beta, or early access game. This kind of ties in with the, you've done this twice, but I'm gonna go with. I know I. I know I deleted the other one from from my list. I was like, when I was filling in mine for the list, I was like, oh shit, I've put this in twice. So just ignore the other one. Yeah, Sea of Thieves because they actually slowly release uh, more and more of the game rather than uh, using beta as a buzzword for a demo. Yeah, people do. Um, you actually got help. Um, so I've seen the game as it's been made. And it feels kind of cool. I cannot wait for this to come out in March. I think it's going to be great mm-hmm. to jump on and play. Um, and I'm not a big multiplayer gamer as you know and like i haven't had time obviously with um everything going on with me mm. but um PUBG, i need to go on too soon and um sea of thieves i've got it pre-ordered day one and just being able to control the ship and the cool thing is like if one of your crew they've added in a feature recently but if one of your crew is being a dick the three of you can choose the veto and you can hit a cutscene where you throw him in the brig as a punishment so he can't get out if there's a guy well, fucking cool. up your missions yeah but like just going out plundering and one of you is in the crow's nest looking after the ship and one of you has the map and shouting out directions and it's not like a map where like you've got icons this is an old style there's a map of the island and it's broken into segments so you have to like mm. figure out where b2 is and everything and work your way to it while fighting off like undead skeletons and then you have to try and take your treasure back safely to like um i don't know say nassau but it's not but like you know mm. the pirate haven to sell it yeah, to yeah. buy more stuff to improve your ship and actually work together as a team um Cannot, cannot wait for the full game to launch and just seeing the features being added has been such a pleasure like I've almost enjoyed the beta more than an actual, at some actual games this year just seeing it develop you know so nicely mm. and it's obviously made by Rare well the remainders of Rare but it truly shines that the original Rare team did have some input in this and thank fuck they're allowing the Rare guys to actually do something well the ones that they have left that didn't go to Platonic yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. great 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 beer. Uh, for for me, I went for uh, player on battlegrounds. Uh, I pretty much well, bought a console just to true. play this game. That's that's kind you of know. cheap, but yeah. Well, no, it's an early access game. Yeah, true. It's it's been on. I mean, it was early access on PC like all year, and then eventually came out. But on Xbox One, it's in part of the game preview program, so that's definitely true. an early access game. True. I would say that this game will one hundred percent be in my top ten list for next year. Once it's fully out, yep, I agree. 
once it's fully out, because it, it will it will release in full uh, next year. Uh, you can and it'll be forty it, quid. <laughs> and it'll be no, no. They've said that they're keeping the price the same on Xbox. Are they? Like it's like, That's nice. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like thirty quid in the store, but you can get it on CD keys or one of like twenty five or, or less. Um, mm. But yeah, like I've played maybe like five six hours of it so far, and uh, I've really enjoyed what I've played. And you can see the potential for it to be uh, even better because the gameplay is pretty much there. Um, and they just need to polish it up a little bit to bring it all together and just give it that kind of sheen of a like a finished game because it does yeah. still have that whole like loading in and that sort of stuff, uh, like <laughs> texture pop, texture pop ins and like things like that. Like I was, I did one where uh, and it's kind of adds to the charm of the game a little bit just now. Uh, I did one where like I like had gone into a building um, just after the the match had started, just after I'd hit the ground, and I went into this building and there was a guy standing in front of me, so like I started shooting at him. And he was like, he sort of popped up in, in the air a little bit and then like fell back down and then jumped out and ran away through a window. And I didn't hit him at all, right? And it's because he had somehow managed to like get into a space where there was a kitchen hadn't generated yet in the game. <laughs> so, like, yeah, because as you parachute. Yeah, it's, it loads the game in as you're parachuting down. Um, so, like, it hadn't fully loaded this, this house by the time we'd got into it. And the guy was just standing there and like, and then popped up in air, and then this kitchen just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, that kind of adds to the charm of a game like that, and uh, I, I had a really good time playing it with Fraser, as well as, like, playing it on my own as well. Uh, so it's kind of, it's a few different games in one, because you can play co-op, and you can play, like, competitive against other, other people. So, re- really digging it, and like, I, lo- I really look forward to seeing what this year holds for that game. Like, that game's going to be fucking big, uh, even bigger yes. than it already is. Someday Sony get fired for missing that. Someday yeah. get fired. <laughs> like, they should have caught onto that earlier. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's a good get for Microsoft, and, I, like, I'm happy to have the to have the Xbox to be able to play that game. Um, so, uh, best water? Okay, so, I had it number three, Zelda, because I like this style of it. I had it number two, Assassin's Creed Origin. Only the Xbox One X. Like, um, <laughs> Version right. because before it didn't look as nice um, but like if you want murky water you can't beat that but Forza 7 I'm sorry the puddles and the rain mm-hmm. and the water you cannot fucking fault it like it honestly looks like there's water in the telly like running down nice. the TV yeah yeah I mean I've, I've seen some of the footage of it and it looks fucking it's good it's incredible like... <laughs> <laughs> for, for me I went for Assassin's Creed Origins uh, I, I preferred the water in this to the water in Black Flag uh, it is a different type of water because it's really murky and whatnot at points yeah. um, but I, I thought they did a great job with like the the way it, the way the water exists and like the the lapping of the waves and all that shit and just fucking loved it um, and the, I also loved the shit battles in this game even more so than Black Flag and I, I, I know I you'll say that I know I know you'll say like that controlling the ship. it just feels like you're no, I need I, to actually. I like the struggle of the ship and actually having to. Oh shit! I can't turn around quick enough and like outmaneuvering. This is just hmm. pushed left in the ship. No ship moves that way. <laughs> Probably not. But I think it, I think it, the they kind of gave it a more arcade feel, and it was. I preferred it to be that way. But yeah, but yeah, as far as the water goes, fucking love the water. Cool. Um, best snow. Uh, what did I put? Oh, do you know what? Breath of the Wild goes in here. Hmm. Reason being. Not because it looks like graphically the best. I generally felt cold when I went to the snowy mountains in that game, and maybe it was Zelda shivering. Maybe it was just the, the screen kind of mm. 
almost felt like it was frosting up, you know, that way. It just felt mm-hmm. like a cold morning. I mean, I played this when it was warm. I played this warm in Italy, and it felt like I was in a cold area. So they've done <laughs> such a good job of convincing you, be it anime style or not, that that was a cold area that, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think they used, like, the the areas of the game well as, like, game mechanics as well. So you, yeah. when it was snowy, it was actually, your character was cold, and you had to think about that going into yeah. that area. Like, wear the warm clothes or get the... The spicy peppers and make make a spicy dish that sort of thing but yeah so that, that was that was cool um for, for me i would i would just give it to horizon zero dawn uh that game's fucking a beautiful game like and i did it, it did the snow in it uh whilst it was there wasn't a massive amount of snow areas in it the when you did come across one and like it's this it's because it's the whole layer of it right because you've got original human stuff and then you've got robot stuff and then you've got like this sheen of snow on top of all this ruinedness. Um, especially there's one point in it where it's like you come across this giant fucking robot and it's on top of like a thing and then it's covered in <coughs> snow and it just looks really picturesque. So really, really cool. Uh, Douglas Snow in that game. Uh, best hair? Uh, what did I go with? Um, best hair? Uh, Rabid Peach from. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I had to have one funny one. Mario, um, Mario and Rabbids, okay. Mushroom Kingdom Battle, whatever it's called. Yeah, Rabbid Peach is, uh, she's a sex god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say that. Uh, for me, uh, best best hero goes to uh, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I, I think it's because she's kind of ginger and she's got like dreadlocks. She doesn't take um, selfies. <laughs> it doesn't take selfies, no. But like her hair, the way her hair like flops about and stuff like that was, I thought was really cool. It kind of reminded me of uh, Tomb Raider mm. in that way. Uh, best new feature? Uh, what have I wrote? Any anything to do with changing the way the switch works, like handheld tabletop on the big screen, flicking out your Joy Cons, putting them in the Joy Con holder. Use like I don't know if that counted or were you meaning in yeah. game? No, no, I was. Uh, that's the sort. Of, well, I mean, it could be in game or like out yeah, with game, just, but yeah, just, that's hands down. That is the best feature that's come out this year. Yeah. Like the versatility of the switch is just yeah. ridiculous. Like I mean, we like even even yesterday, like uh, Bethany was was saying, oh, like uh, I haven't got to play this. Not I know yesterday. Oh, I haven't got to play the switch today, and uh, we were going over to visit visit my uh, my granddad. Um, to wish him happy new year and that so I was like well just bring the switch with you you can play that and the fact that you can play a, it's a full fucking fledged console experience just on the go so she's playing yeah. she's playing a fucking like 3D full on 3D Mario game possibly one of the best ones ever we'll talk about that in a minute Um, on the go on a handheld fucking machine and it looks beautiful and it plays perfectly like that's that's fucking powerful plus plus the fact I can that play you can play Skyrim in the toilet you can play Skyrim in the toilet yeah <laughs> And it doesn't. There's no lag. There's not none of that shit that the Vita has. Like, it it take it took the promise of the Vita and made it absolutely perfect and added more to it as well. So yeah, the, it's all the Switch versatility shit. Awesome. Uh, best tits this year, Ali. Who has the uh, best tits? Goes goes to the Fairy Fountain and Zelda. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Massive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I can see that one, yeah. Uh, yeah. I gave it to I gave it to Cleopatra from Assassin's Creed Origins. Okay, yeah. She she was foxy. Foxy uh, Cleopatra. Yeah. Uh, best bum. Who is the best bum? 
Uh, Aiden Versio from Front 2, but I only say that because that Jania Gavankar, the model that is us. She, she is fucking hot, to be fair. She, she's, like, a bit too feisty. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard her talking, like, herself, yeah. but pff, she's a very, a very opinionated person. Yep. Um, for for me, best bum goes to Supergirl from Injustice 2. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, there's several different costumes of uh, of Supergirl and Injustice 2, and some of them are very revealing. Mm. Indeed. I forgot about that game. I've <laughs> yeah. not finished it. I need to get it again. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. It's not as good as the first one. No. Uh, best Best man bits. I'll give that to uh, Mr. Scott Ryder from Vet Andromeda. Giggity cow. Okay, yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, I gave it to uh, Bayek. Bayek Love from Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, yeah. I take mine back. Bayek gets that. Yeah, definitely. He was kind of hunky. Hubba, like. hubba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best sex scene? I did give that to Scott Ryder and Cora, the chick that had okay. like the sort of punk hairdo in Mass mm-hmm. Effect. Because Mass Effect stories. Do you know in my Mass Effect playthrough, I didn't get to have sex with anybody. Like I only, no. I only played it for about eight hours, but I never, <laughs> I never got to any sexy points. Um, no. So I think the only sex scene that I saw in a game this year was between Bayek and See, Aya in Assassin's Creed Origins. In Mass Effect, I legit play like Captain Kirk and try and just have relationships with all the crew, like male, female, aliens, mm. uh, everything, plants. <laughs> Any hall will do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, I gave <laughs> I gave it to Bayek and, and Aya from Assassin's Creed Origins because that's the only one that I saw. You know there's an orgy in Assassin's Creed Origins if you're at the right point in the game. Well, I mean, there there was like the whole thing with Cleopatra. Like, I liked that, but you didn't really see anything yeah. of that. No, no, though. I like the implication of it, though. Like, that yeah. was interesting. Like, Cleopatra you, sleep with, was, you can sleep with anybody, like a... but she gets to kill you. <laughs> Yeah, she was like a slapper who would bang anybody, but yeah, the the cost of that was that you would be killed the Dynamo. next day. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was funny. Um, so the, the what would the best boss fight for you? See, this was a toss up for me because Zelda was Zelda had some interesting boss fights, hmm. but lo- looking back in Zelda, I, I don't say it was the best. I, my best boss fight, the most fun that I had with one this year, was the toaster in Splatoon Two. Where it okay, popped yep. out, you know, it spun round and popped out the toast, and then you had mm-hmm. to try and like zip up the side of it and hit it in the top, and then it got bigger and it would fire out more toast. And I just thought that was brilliant. Like no other boss fight in the game has been as good since, but that boss fight was just—it's the one that stuck in my head the most. So I went, "Yep, that one, that one right there." Nice. I mean, and I did like the boss fights in Splatoon too, but for for me, I I went for uh, the snake from Assassin's Creed Origins. Purely because I did not expect that at all. Like, it just came out of nowhere, and I was like, holy shit, this is actually, like, a boss, a proper boss fight. And in this aspect, like, punching the Pope to death. <laughs> yeah, not just, like, fighting, like, a guy, you're fighting, like, a fucking giant snake. And I, I, oh, I really yeah, I thought that. that. Yeah. In the dream sequence. Yeah. You were like, yeah, that was quite cool as well. But no, I had the toast. The toaster was just fun with its angry face, and it got. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was my pick. Um, what about best opening scene? Didn't even have to think about it. It was the Shrine of Awakening. Okay. Fucking opening world. And it was like, fuck. And you're kind of led down that wee path to the guy that kind of teaches you some stuff. But you're like, but hold on. what What's that over to my left? Look at the size of this shit, mate. That. Yeah, I mean, the, the opening of Zelda was really good. And, and it kind of gave you that. 
like a taster of of it. Yeah. Um, but I think the game just like it, as far as like the actual opening of it goes, I thought in terms of this because there was no story given to you. Like, you didn't that like the me. story, yeah. Didn't didn't like the the way that I mean the game opened all right for me, but it was strange. It, it felt strange to me. Um, but yeah, so for me, the best opening scene was actually a game that it was really all that I played of the game was the opening scene, uh, was uh, Near Automata. Huh. Uh, which, and the reason that I like this so much is because it it went through like three different game modes in like in maybe 10, 15 minutes of gameplay, which was fucking cool. Uh, you started off as like a, like a shmup, like flying about as a little ship shooting shit yep. and then switched over to like a, a kind of 2D platformer and then and then like a bit of 3D platforming and then like a full on hack and slash with uh, with gunplay in it as well so like I really dug that as a, as a concept for a game um, and I, I would like to go back and play that game but I think that it was just a bit too hard for me <laughs> but yeah I, but I really liked that as like a kind of opening scene it was quite it was very different and, uh, and interesting uh, okay, so what about most pointless feature? Uh, the Switch mobile phone app. Yep, totally agree. That was my pick as well. Absolutely fucking pointless. Totally useless. Um, we used it maybe two, three times. And then you're like, oh, I don't need this. Like, I'll just use it's, Skype. <laughs> it, it's just, it, they didn't, they still not get Mario Kart on it. And it's been out for six months now. Yeah, and they've delayed and delayed again. The, uh, the online... The, online payment service so they obviously know that they need to fix that and it's probably the worst they thing need to get Nintendo yeah but Nintendo want to give you value from charge you for it and I, I agree with that yep totally and that's fair uh, so what about the best and worst thing about gaming this year easy best thing Nintendo worst thing look great yeah do you know I said the exact same thing best like <laughs> Switch just pretty much everything apart from the, the online app and uh, yeah worst loot boxes uh, loot boxes can fuck off from games like honestly just get them to fuck paid loot boxes especially but even like any kind of randomly generated loot shit like I don't like it not a fan yeah. uh, and then the final award which I think we've sensed a bit of a pattern going on here is for the, the best console so what what's uh, the best console of this year Ali? Uh, the Playstation <laughs> VR <laughs> no it's not the Nintendo Switch obviously it doesn't doesn't need an explanation. Like buy one and you you understand what I mean. Like I've said it so many times. I'm still. It's coming up. What in two months' time? I've had this thing for a year, and mm. even tonight when I put it in its dock and slid off the Joy Cons and put them in the Joy Con holder, even though I wasn't going to use them, I was going to use mm. my Pro controller. I still done it because I could. Nice. Do you know I when it. I usually when I dock it, I just leave the controllers stuck on the yep. side of it. Yeah, yeah but I take them off. I, I like being able to go through all my options, like click, 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 click. Yep, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, for me, best console Switch as well, which is which is strange because I did I bought three new consoles in 2017 because I I bought I bought a Switch, I bought the PS4 Pro, and I bought the Xbox One S, and the Switch is hands down uh, got the most game game time out of all of those. Now that's I did get the Xbox One S and the PS4 much later on and I probably still played the PS4 more overall this year but I've put so much time into the Switch like yeah, in its initial year it. <laughs> and bought so many games for it like probably more so than I've ever bought for any other console because it's of like their sneaky fucking year. release schedule <laughs> yeah because they've been really smart about it like and, and I mean there's still games though that I'm like 
fuck, I wish I'd played that. Like things like Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Oh like, yeah. I really want. I really wanted to play that. And like some of the other like kind of uh, anime RPG games and things like Mario and Rabbids. Like I never got to yeah, play these. Good. And like even though it's the first year, there's still games where I'm like, fuck, I really want to play that game. And so, then you're like, gonna have Yoshi soon, and like yeah, and Yoshi and Kirby, and then all the other ones coming along. Smash Brothers but, guaranteed. And <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's pretty special for a console to be able to do that. Where I, I'm going, I've bought a lot of games for it, but I've also still missed some that I never quite got around to. So it's not just cool. that. It's not just games where, oh, I might want to play that. It's a case of, no, I have to play that at some point. It's yep. like, the, these aren't a case of, oh, I'll put that to the side because it's like a B game, like M- Middle Earth Shadow of War or something like that for mm-hmm. me just now. It's games like, ah, oh, shit, I, I do need to pick that up at some point because I do want to play it. And, like, even mm-hmm. games that I've got on other consoles, like, I do want the WWE at some point in the Switch. And I know it, it didn't get it didn't get great reviews, right? But, like, I still want to play it on the Switch for the sake of having it on the Switch. Yes. So that's all the Game Awards. So now we've got the last part of the show, which is our top tens of the mm-hmm. year for the games. Okay. So, um, if you allow uh, me to go and get some juice, do you want to start? Yeah, as is. Well, I mean, I always start. It's, it's tradition. Yeah. Alley yeah. headlines. <laughs> <laughs> lucky, lucky you, listeners. <laughs> hey, I'll be back in a second. Okay. Tell me what it is first. What's it number ten for you, Andy? No, number ten is uh, Sonic Mania for me. Wow, quite low but cool. Sonic Mania. Um, it's one that. Uh, I was really looking forward to playing when uh, when it got announced. Um, everything about this game is right up my alley. the The fact that they've decided to go back to two D Sonic properly for the first time in twenty years is fucking special. Like uh, we know they did, they did Sonic, uh, they did Sonic Four, which in the, they released in those two episodes but it did not feel like a Sonic game uh, this game actually feels like a legitimate Sonic game and the way that the guys developed it um, it feels like a sequel to Sonic 3 and Knuckles and Sonic CD to a certain extent um, and they've, but they've managed to iterate on it and like do some really special things and the the moment in a Chemical Plant Zone act, I think it's Act 2 or maybe even Act 1 the kind of boss from that that was a fucking holy shit moment, and I'm so glad that I did not get that spoiled for me. So, if you've uh, if you've not played Sonic Mania yet and you liked the old Sonic games, specifically Sonic One, Two, Three, and Knuckles, uh, you need to play Sonic Mania. It's so well done. Um, it's I, I bought it on both the Switch and the PS4, and both versions are perfect. Uh, on the on the Switch for me, I I probably enjoyed it more because I've been able to play it in handheld mode. Um, playing that game on the go is fucking special. Uh, What's Sonic Mania? Yeah, uh, the reason that it's not higher on my list is because I never quite got around to going back and finishing it off. Um, there's a game in my list I've not finished. Two. Yeah, I mean there's there's one or two games Three. on my list that I haven't finished, but uh, well, I think oh. actually just two. Three. No three, uh, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Sonic Mania is it's it's a fucking special game. Like uh, that, games like that don't come along very often, and I th- I think that if you like that style of game, you need to buy it to support uh, the development of games like that. And I I hope that they do another one, and I hope they call it Sonic Five. I hope they call it Sonic Mania Two. Well, I mean, they could do it Sonic Mania Two, but I just I kind of hope they do Sonic Five just to go like, look, this is a fucking mainline Sonic game. Buy it. Yeah. I know that Sonic Four is like kind of ruined the number in a little bit, but if they could, if they can go back to it, then they should. So that was my number ten. Um, number number nine for me, game called Orwell. 
Now, I don't know if you remember me talking about this game, Ali, but it's a game that came out on Steam this year, and it was like an episodical release. And uh, what you had, what I like about these type of games is that they kind of. No, it's not a book. Like what they do is they kind of challenge the way of playing the games, and they give you like a different interface to interface so you with read the book with the game. It's a book, so, isn't it? no, no, it's not a book at all. It's kind of like you interface with a social network type thing, and you have to dig out information and try to find the perpetrator of a. Uh, I think it's a, it's like a terrorist bombing, basically. So you're playing the role of an investigator going through this, and I really like it when they do things like this. It's like the simulation type game. Uh, so you're trying to find out all the information you can and tie it all together and build a picture of who this person is and then kind of point and go, okay, I think it's this person. And there's multiple endings, so you can get it wrong. Um, but yeah, it plays out over five episodes. It's a really interesting kind of story. And it it, it feels kind of realish, even though the, the way they do the graphics of like seeing the people is kind of, I don't know, it's crystallised almost so that they don't look like a real person. It's sort of a approximation of a real person. But I, I really loved the way they did the story and whatnot, so that that would be my pick for number nine. Mm-hmm. And number eight, Splatoon 2. Really dug Splatoon 2. Um, it's one that I've dipped into going back now, now and again. I thought I would have played it more, to be honest. And I, I did think it would be higher on my list than this, but uh, I think I've put 20 odd hours into it and absolutely loved the multiplayer. Single player was alright, uh, the boss fights were good, but the actual single player levels were just kind of alright, which I think is a shame, and I think it's it kind of speaks to the fact that they just kind of hid the single player away. Like, some people might not even realise that it's there, because it's just kind of tucked away in the corner. It's not but I did, at all. <laughs> no, but I did really like it, and I think they could have possibly iterated a bit more on Splatoon 1, because it does, it doesn't quite feel like a full-on sequel. It feels more like Splatoon, like one point five, I would say. I don't know if you felt that way as well. Slightly. I mean, I, you probably didn't play as much Splatoon one as no. like what I did though. But yeah, I played quite a lot of Splatoon one on the Wii U and absolutely loved it. So that this does feel like a kind of point five step rather than like a full-on like sequel. Like compare it to like Assassin's Creed one to two. There isn't that jump up. It's like okay, this is more Splatoon and it's better Splatoon, but they haven't really done enough to like justify that kind of number two, even though it is like completely different levels. And there's one or two remix levels, but the levels are completely different. The single player stories are completely different. You've got that salmon run thing and all that, which was okay, but for in terms of like a value for money proposition, there's a lot in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, uh, Emily is away too. So this is this is another game where it takes your perspective of like what is a game and kind of mixes it up. So this one you're uh, playing. No, it's not a book. This one you're sort of taking. Uh, you play as like your character using a like aim chat interface. So like kind of like MSN Messenger, and that's what it totally harkens back to. So you're choosing your responses to. Uh, like things that you're being asked, and so it's a book, and that's better. You're saying than Sonic Mania. I I, I enjoyed this game more than I enjoyed what Sonic I played Mania? in Sonic Mania. Yes, right. Uh, this this game took me on <laughs> on an emotional roller coaster and a a major trip down memory lane. I'll take you on a fucking trip down memory lane. <laughs> and it it challenged my it, my challenged my kind of perception of like what a game is and what a game can be. Um, that's what. 
this was really cool because the the characters that you were interacting with, even though they're AI, they kind of felt real-ish because um, they're like they're sharing like links to you and things like that, like we do. And they go, "Oh, have you seen like this new video by this band?" And you click on it, and it takes you to like a fake YouTube page that's got a real YouTube video embedded in it, um, and like things like that. Like I thought were really cool, like because it's like you're listening to music along with this like AI person, and it kind of takes me back to like. I don't know when I was like 16, 17, that sort of time. Um, and it just all the nostalgic feelings. It's it was a really powerful game, Sonic, and it was really Sonic. cheap as well. Sonic did that as well, right? But uh, but in a different way. It pulled on different strings. <laughs> but yeah, Emily's way too fucking absolutely loved it. Maybe if um, you didn't pull on your strings so much, you would have a better sounding game of the year list. <laughs> <laughs> Number six: uh, What remains of Edith Finch. Is this a book? No, this is not a book. So this is a game, and now the closest game that I could think of to this game would be Gone Home. It's sort of like, it's it's a bit different, right? But it's kind of, it feels along the same sort of lines. And now, I don't want to say too much about it, because I don't want to spoil it for people that would want to play it, but this game is really cool. They... They take these stories and like basically allow you to play through the narrative of a story, but in a different way than what you would expect. Now that might not make a lot of sense, but you're basically exploring through this house and I come across like hidden rooms and doors and like little small puzzles and then playing through a story in a strange way. And it it gave me the kind of same feeling that Gone Home gave me. Where I went in expecting something, and got something quite different from from what I thought I was going to get. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed the way that the stories were told in that, and there's a couple of like <coughs> interesting twists and turns to the to the story as well. But yeah, I really dug that. And number five, I know you. I think you'll probably be more annoyed at me putting this one higher than Sonic Mania, but it's uh, Steam World Dig Two, which. Which I played through on the Switch, and I put like ten hours into this game, which is about already, the same as what I'm I put. already. I'm already calling bullshit in your list anyway. It's what I put into. Is what I put into Sonic Mania, um, but I fucking love this game. The it's like a Metroidvania where you dig stuff, like you you dig around, you get your upgrades and stuff like that. It's uh, a huge improvement over the first game. Like from this, from the first game to this is a massive leap. It looks absolutely phenomenal on the Switch as well. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved every minute of that game. Um, and I actually managed to finish it, which I didn't finish the first game because I got annoyed at the last boss. But this game prepares you for the the bosses that you do come across and gives you the tools to be able to take them on. Whereas the first game, I felt, didn't really do that because it was kind of uh, randomly generated. And this one, is, this one is all set and you just dig around uh, the different parts. But yeah, it feels like Metroidvania, but you can go anywhere until you get blocked off by something and need a new upgrade or ability to be able to do it. But yeah, really, really dug that game. Uh, number four, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. So, Horizon, for me, I love the open world, I love the character of Aloy, I absolutely dug the fucking dinosaur robots and shit like that. The gameplay, really good. What let me down with this game was the storyline. <laughs> I thought the storyline was really weak in terms of the actual game. The world that they built was fucking interesting as hell. But all he did in the story was find out about the world. Like, the story of the characters really didn't go anywhere. All all Aloy did in the game was 
find out about the past, which is kind of a cop-out. <laughs> it's just like a history lesson about the world, which was interesting, but it didn't develop the character really in any way particularly for me. But yeah, but I still really loved the game overall, um, climbing the tall necks and doing all the shooting and stuff like that. Brilliant. Loved it. Um, but it was not as good as these top three games, and these top three games are some of the best games that I've ever played. 100% hands down. So at number three, and Ali's like Ali's like either about to about to fall in love with me or about to shoot me in the face, <laughs> depending on what I say here. Um, but yeah, number three, I put Super Mario Odyssey. About right, yeah. Super Mario Odyssey is for me the best Mario game. One hundred percent. I I would I would say it is like I prefer it to sixty four. Prefer it to uh, like New Super Mario Bros. Super Mario World. All those. You also uh, prefer has... a game that was like. Teenagers <laughs> but but I mean but for but for Mario Odyssey <laughs> but for Mario Odyssey like uh, adding that cappy and like we spoke about earlier like that that felt so good and you 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 didn't think it would be that fun to do it but like every fucking new monster that you come across you're like oh I wonder if I can throw my hat on this and most of them you can and it's T-Rex, just fun to be able to it's fun to be a T Rex but it's also fun to be a Goomba. <laughs> it's fun to be a Goomba. It's fun to be like a fucking uh, a Koopa. Like all that shit, man. Like I absolutely loved playing as every single one of those characters. Like I really liked the caterpillars. Yeah, you know the ones that kind of stretch. Like yeah. I really liked that. And the plant pot guy. I don't know what the plant pot guy was called, but those ones. And uh, the character that you get control you get to control at the end of the game. So How cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying not to spoil it for them. But uh, but yeah, so cool! Like getting to play as, as Bowser. It's like, a short really game. Spoiler, really I strange. I mean, you, I mean, you could say it was short, but you could also say it was long. And um, the reason that it is, because I, I thought, like, after I finished the main game, I was like, this is going to be my number one. And it did take me like twenty odd hours to to beat it because I did dick around quite a lot in the game. Um, but I was like, after I finished, I'm like, this is going to be my game of the year, one hundred percent. But after. I finished the game and then went back round and started like doing the moons and stuff like that, getting some of the more moons and stuff like that. It, I mean, it didn't fall apart for me, right? I still really enjoyed going and getting all the moons, but I just didn't feel the. I didn't feel that the payoff was worth it once you got the moons, because like you got yeah. to like three hundred or whatever it was or two fifty, and it's like okay, you it's get no you get to go to the moon again. I'm like okay, and the level on the moon was a bit shit to be honest. The, the last the the second last one you unlock, and then you I got to the five hundred moons, and then it unlocks another bit of the moon, which gives you another level. That level was kind of cool, but uh, but I didn't I didn't even get around to finishing that yet. But I don't feel com- that compelled to go back and finish any of the other moons, and I'm really only unlock after that. yeah, and I mean like what's the drive for me to go and get more moons at this point? And there's hundreds of them, and okay, a lot of them are fun to collect, but I a lot of them aren't fun. I don't think I would say this, but this game could have done with a ten pound season. With a what? A £10 season pass? A £10 season pass like the, what mm-hmm. Nintendo normally do and add a few extra bits. I, I'd have happily paid for a few more worlds. Yeah, like, uh, I, uh, to be fair, the the worlds that are in it are really well done though. And <clears throat> I did really, really enjoy all of them, apart with the exception of possibly the moon world. Um, the 2D levels and shit like that are, are fucking amazing. Yeah. And like, like I say, it fully deserves to be like in pretty much every top 10 list and like yeah for me best Mario game but what I realised is that I like Mario but I don't love Mario that much like yeah. 
and that's kind of the feeling I got from this game. Like, great fucking game, but like, I'm not like, I'm not absolutely in love with with it to the point where I want to keep on going and getting all the moons and keep going and like finding all the secrets and hidden paths and all that sort of shit. So, uh, so I'm pretty much, and that's why it was falling number three out because I'm pretty much done with the game. And I'm not gonna go back to it. And about thirty odd hours is what I put into it. Uh, at number two for me, Assassin's Creed Origins. What a phenomenal fucking game it is. Like, that that game really brought me back to Assassin's Creed. Like, I played through Syndicate and kind of liked it. And I got through it in, I don't know, 25, 30 hours, whatever it was. Um, and then I had absolutely no desire to play it anymore once I'd finished the story. I'm like, yeah, that's that. Done with. Cleared out the gangs. Fought the boss. I'm done. I didn't the like what he did with the characters and whatnot. Felt hmm. a lot more um, regimental, like clear out this area, move on. Clear out this area, mm-hmm. move on. Whereas, yeah, you do feel a lot more free in Origins, where it's more the illusion of freedom it gives you because it spreads out the quest rather than like, okay, move up one, okay, move yep. right one, okay, take over this area. Whereas in Origins, it's like, no, other side of Egypt, please now. Oh, there's stuff going on before you get there as well. Whereas Syndicate went, have a thousand things to do in two streets. Mm. Yeah, and like, not here's a street in born. London. Yeah. Walk down it and then get distracted every two seconds by. I mean, nothing that's fun, though. None of it nothing, was fun. Nothing that was great or like that. None of it stands out to me, and I, I couldn't even tell you what any of the side quests were, apart from no. like there was an investigation he won. Sherlock Holmes to, ones were good. Yeah, which were. I mean, those were all right, but I mean, once you'd done one, then the other ones were pretty much the same as that, and then mm. the, you just had other missions that were like that that were uh, rinse and repeat. Do this. Do this mission. And here's yep. another one of that type of mission, and then another one, and then another one, and that like the repetition of it was just annoying. But in this game, they've fixed that entirely by uh, almost every single quest that you do is different, which is fucking incredible for like a huge game like this. And it, I must it have feels done... like it flows natural rather than it does. It's a game like it feels yeah. like you're walking into these things happening, and it becomes a yep. quest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I must have done like. 50 odd quests in this game maybe maybe more than that um, with all the side quests and the main quests and whatnot. and I would say that all of them were different and all of them were worthwhile to me do them even even if they didn't give me like a good like weapon reward or monetary reward or experience reward or whatever like I still enjoyed doing them for the little story that I got told within that like there was one uh, there was one the where quest I, for the ring there was the quest for the ring yeah that was a good one um, but there was another <laughs> one that I did which was uh I came across this woman and she was like, oh, my son's missing. I think he was over there investigating something. I'm like, okay. And I went over to like roughly where he should have been and uh, seen some blood kicking around. And then this big giant fucking crocodile attacked me and I had to kill it. And then he's like locked in a uh, locked in a wee house, like all injured. So then I had to rescue him from there. Uh, but it turns out he was like a, I think he was like a journalist type thing from back in those days, writing journalist. on papyrus things. Yeah. What <laughs> uh, was that accent? A journalist, a journalist. Uh, but yeah, so then I had like, he was injured, so he couldn't walk. So I had to pick him up and carry him back. But then on my way back, all these guards started coming and trying to attack him. So I've got to put him down and fight off the guards whilst making sure that he doesn't die, and then uh, get him back to to his mum so he can finish his fucking his story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like things like that. Like I mean, and that was a totally unique quest, and it was all voice acted and all that as well. So um, whereas most games would just have given you that in text. If they'd given you that like that level of difference from other quests, so they'd just be like, "Oh, rescue three people from over there for no reason." Okay, and then never like, see them ever again. Never. Whereas see them in this ever game, again. you can walk back into. The- 
protecting girl I was protecting. It was the, the last bodyguard or something the mission mm. was called. And when I walked back into that town, she walked past me in a horse and went, nice to see you again, sir. And there was a whole line of conversations. Mm. Do you know? But yeah, things like that. Plus, the iconicness of those pyramids um, and getting to go inside them and go inside the Sphinx and having them be like the, little tombs the, to explore you, and solve the fun, puzzles. Fucking cool. Fun fact, one of the pyramids, they actually included a hypothetical room that was discovered after the game launched. It was actually discovered in real life after the game launched. They'd spoke to a, um Egyptologist or a, an yeah. archaeologist that was egyptian based and he said that there could have been a secret tomb in this thing so they included it and guess what after the game came out they found the tomb mm. and it was already <laughs> in the game that's fucking cool but yeah i absolutely love that game i think that one took me like 41 hours something like that to beat um and and i do want to go back to it actually to go and play some of the some of the side quests because like i say they all felt completely unique so i want to go back and get more of the story and discover more of the uh the tombs and things because the tombs gave you some of the more the present day stuff uh they also did add add back in the present day um and the present day stuff was okay like it was nice to see it back but i wish they'd done more with it in terms of going to see different locations and stuff like that because they don't really go anywhere with the with the single player game the with the uh, modern day gameplay they do with the story but not really with the gameplay. So I want them to do more of that in the next game. Um, but yeah, really, really good to see the Assassin's Creed franchise back on track. And they've, they've clearly listened to the fans' complaints and uh, they've done a great job of that game. And it looks like it's sold well and done well uh, critically as well. So fair play. However, there's only one game of the year. Yeah, and I want <laughs> you to only... stop there. I want you to stop yeah, there. Okay. <laughs> I think that, that might be the first time that this has happened because yeah. our lists are very similar. So I want to do a round table for that. Okay. If it matches. Right. So my list at number 10, Andy, I went for Forza 7 mm-hmm. um, because it's just an incredible driving experience. Like, it's so fucking nice to play. It's not like overly accurate, like Project Cars, where you'll skid for days, but it's not that arcadey where like Purists would put off. Graphically phenomenal. Um, the the one there was one point that did annoy me about it, I'm lie, but that's possibly because obviously it's left the um, the BBC obviously Top Gear. The license for the guys at Top Gear it's gone. Like they don't have Hammond and Main Clarkson, and I do miss that. I did like it. In Horizon Three, they did have a Grand Tour sort of competition for a while, but I wonder what they're going to do with that because I do miss. Like, talk about the cars and there is a top gear track still in it i say they lost the license obviously the grand tours where the, the top gear guys are now and they've got the top gear track but they don't have like um Malablanc speaking or anything but yeah forza 7 is sitting comfortably at my number 10 i've still to put i didn't go day one in this one um so i still to put some hours around the racetrack but just as a game to show off your xbox one x as well like it, it helps that it's a phenomenal game and it's driving perfected that's it's obviously Forza 8 in a few years time is going to be better than it but that's the thing about Forza like as much as the most recent Forza is always the best Forza they always manage to find a way to refine and improve what they're doing and add new features like in this one they had a story they've got a slight story mode where you can compete through different cups and things like that and it's presented to you in a far nicer way than Forza 6 just felt a bit boring and stale I mean, I put more time into Forza 5 than Forza 6. And um, 
like I said, Sevens, just everything about it's presented so nice. And it, it, like I said, it's a showcase for the Xbox One X and hmm. only Forza 8 is going to top it. And, it. and it's not in a bad way. Like each Forza is great by itself and I'll go back and play them. But each new version, I, and I don't mean like a FIFA update or an NHL update. I mean a legit update that they've improved in things that you couldn't even pick faults at. You know, old Forza hmm. games get like 90, 90 to 100%, like between 90 and 95%, sometimes higher, and deservedly so, but every time they manage to find a way to work in the formula and improve, and that's what you really want from a series like this. So, number nine, uh, Andy's going to disagree, this is Melissa Tall, but Star Wars Battlefront 2, I came into <laughs> it late. Obviously, a lot of changes have been made. They've, they're adding in the story DLC free. I love the story. I uh, wish they'd focused a wee bit more in the Death Star and like stuff that had uh, gone wrong. Like the adverts kind of made it out as if you were going to be mm, stuck yeah. on one planet. I'd have been happy with that. But the fact that they've gone through different time periods now with the extra DLC and you are um, with your daughter in the, sorry, spoilers, like in the middle part of the DLC because there's going to be more coming and it's going to go through all the time periods of the films, I reckon. Maybe it'll go back as well. Also, the fact that just being on Naboo, being able to be a battle droid, is cool to me. Uh, looks phenomenal, and it's Star Wars, and I'm glad I didn't buy it day one, not only because I got it cheaper, but because the problems seem to be fixed, and I've had no issues with loot boxes. I've got, like, two characters I haven't unlocked now, so deal with day one fucking adopters. Um, <laughs> number eight is a phenomenal follow-up, and a great deal if you manage to get it, because it includes the next-gen version of the original. South Park Fractured Butthole well worth the wait hmm. um, much bigger than the last game still set in South Park but they've got new locations added from the series some more current pop culture jokes though that might not last the test of time unlike the first one which was kind of stayed away from like you know the South Park style of humour of being current but I mean the fighting's been refined to a way where it it's almost like going back feels like like you know Cappy like if Cappy wasn't in it like that's yeah. the way that they've they've broke the fighting down so it's more RPG like and it feels like it shouldn't work as well but it honestly feels like you get more control of the game the humour's there the, the guys are all there and honestly you can get it at a price just now that you'd be a mug to miss out on it especially if it comes bundled with the stick of truth the way the story just continues straight on from it and it's like Cartman decides to go back in time and goes in his cupboard and comes out <coughs> and um, talks to the new kid and it's like during the last battle in the stick of truth what's happened is it's not time travel because they're still kids Cartman's just getting mm. bored of playing the stick of truth and just decides <laughs> that he wants to play the superhero game they've always obviously got the episode uh, to set it up as well like the last game and if you like mm. South Park or anything of that this this I can't recommend it I think you'll enjoy it Andy because you like the last one as well So yeah I, like the reason I didn't pick this one up is because I never actually got around to finishing the, mm. the first one but I mean like uh, does the see the the new game? Does it come yeah. with it even second hand, or is it like a um, code? I think it was a code, to be honest with you, mm. man. From it, but you might strike it lucky um, and get it with it. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say you don't need to have played the first one to play this one. Some of the things, it's like it, it pushes it. South Park always pushes it more, mm. and I mean, it's always kind of oh, I can't believe they just went there. This one's even more so. Like there's a scene where you have to do a quick time event and twerking a guy's lap and hmm. then you realise that you're an eight year old boy twerking on a businessman's lap in a strip club <laughs> it's like ah oh, why am I doing this but yeah <laughs> really funny then you have to be- fight the fattest hooker you've ever seen who like boom boom, boom walks down the screen slow slow it just 
amazing game um, so at number seven, a game that you probably forgot came out this year, Andy, but was a fucking amazing, um, amazing addition and rejuvenization of the franchise. As much as I love it, it was going stale. Resident Evil 7. Hmm. Now, Resident Evil 7 scared the shit out of me. Um, it's one of the ones that I haven't completed, but more or less at the end. And it starts out by totally disorientating you. You're, you play the game and it's like working your way through three different houses of horror first one's kind of like uh, Friday the 13th Jason chasing you the second house is kind of like <coughs> a, a, the girl from the ring or something's after you and then there's a boss fight and then the third one's kind of like Saw because the sun leaves all these traps and it's right. the atmosphere the sound design I, I think this is scarier than any isolation I don't give a shit what people <laughs> say that game was phenomenal and it made mm. me jumpy but I'm not scared of the alien this is kind of like yes it's set in the Resident Evil world but you don't find out till later on but the first three quarters maybe half to three quarters of the game it's like this could just literally be a psychotic fucking family do you know what i mean and i don't want yeah. to ruin this game but like it, it's almost photo real at points is real but like it's mm. more realistic than the old games kind of almost tank controls cartoony which i know they came yep. came away from but they headed into too much of the quick time event action game this is first person you can play it in vr and it's scary as shit with headphones on <coughs> there's not not that many jump scares believe it or not it's just actual terror of knowing what's after you and hearing mm. folk walking across floorboards and stuff so well, like fuck don't, that i won't ever yeah. play this game it's too yeah but don't don't think it's a game that's going to cheap jump scare you like some games like this will this is a game where it feels like you're going to get a jump scare but you don't it just builds up the tension enough to terrify you and that's what I loved about it. Um, well, I'll go back and finish it. It depends whether I get a PS4 or not when I buy this, because I did have it digital on a PS4, and it's like, mm. if I can buy it for a fiver on the Xbox at some point, mm. which I probably yeah. will be able to soon, why would I bother buying a £100 PlayStation again to play it <laughs> when I've got a kid coming? So, mm. um, Number six, higher than Andy's and deservedly so, uh, Sonic Mania, a mm. game that I've still not finished as Knuckles and Tails. However, I have finished the Sonic Solo, got all the emeralds, has a nice tie-in with Sonic Forces. Would be nice if they went back and done Sonic 5, like Andy said, but the way that they're kind of playing it after finishing both games is this is kind of the classic Sonic universe, and that's the 3D universe, and the classic Sonic in this universe isn't kind, it isn't fully the same as like Sonic 1, 2, and 3. Mm, But Sonic 4 in canon didn't make sense anyway because he had the green eyes of 3D Sonic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you tried to bring they, it together they, and it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. So like, um, Sonic Mania is phenomenal. It's still not my favorite Sonic game ever. Sonic Three Knuckles gets that award, but a very, very good game and perfect handheld, as Andy said. Um, I'd recommend it and switch over to any other. Hmm. Um, at number five, <laughs> the second best Mario game ever invented, Mario Odyssey. Okay, um, number five. All right. Yeah. And I will say that, uh, yeah, um, I loved this game, but I felt it was the sh- one of the shortest Marios I've ever played, including mm. the old 2D ones in the Game Boy. Um, you know, I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that it's quite easy. Yeah, like, you can't die. But I didn't die. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't <laughs> die in this game. And, like, t- I tell a lie. I died because I mucked up at the last level. You know when the, the, the floor kind of falls from beneath you at yeah, one point? Yeah. Before you do that sort of rampage down the screen. Yeah. Um, I, I fell by accident and it wow 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 if you count that as a death I died mm. then but like pretty easy Mario game whereas like Mario 64 is still tricky Mario you know I can't I can't tell say for 100% that it's the second best Mario game because I've not finished every Mario game 
Um, I've barely played Mario Sunshine, so I'm kind of hoping that comes to the Switch because mm-hmm. I will buy that and make an effort to play it because in my head, that's where they get the idea for Splatoon from. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, Mario Odyssey is a superb game. Like the callbacks, like New Donk City was a highlight of my gaming this year completely. Mm. Like, especially when you complete the sequence of turning the power back on and you get that whole song and the whole sort of celebration of Mario. This almost felt like it should have been an anniversary game the way it was presented. Like, the whole bit, thing. yeah. Um, it's but, like, and- <coughs> it's a kind of mishmash of like the, the Mario 64. 3D mm. stuff with a little bit of the uh, Galaxy. Galaxy stuff thrown in and then the 2D net NES game. Yeah, which was incredible. There was a segment in New Donk City where I went in a theatre and there's folks mm. sitting in this theatre and you go down the front into a pipe and it puts you on 2D so you're in the screen. The way it's done is amazing. I mean, I'm still going to chip away at this game. I didn't do like Andy did and went back in to get the moons. Like this is, I've saved the moons so that if when I do want to play it, I've got something to achieve rather than bursting all the moons and then going... Oh, I've got nothing to play now. But then again, I did get this like cheap. I got it for like thirty-nine pound digital, hmm. which you can't argue with because it was like fifty odd in the store. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd get more time out of it because remember, we how? Oh, I didn't. Was it nine hours? Eight hours? Yeah, I think it says you've played ten hours of it. Ten hours now, but that's with collecting. So yeah, yeah. I, you can finish this game in eight hours without rushing it. Um, so yeah, Mario Odyssey was great. <coughs> At number four. Uh, a game I wasn't even going to pick up this year a surprising game again Andy's covered this Assassin's Creed Origins hmm. it has welcomed me back into Assassin's Creed which is a franchise that I deeply loved as you know Andy I still yep. collect the books still collect the comics but I gave up in the games never finished Unity Syndicate I liked enough but I was like mm, this feels like every other Assassin's Creed I've played and the story's not invigorating enough I don't care about the characters again um, so this is the first one that makes me care about the main character and his wife and like you know, his friends and like makes me want to do the missions. Like not even just the main quest. I haven't had an Assassin's Creed game for a, since Assassin's Creed Two, probably. No, sorry, Black Flag, obviously, but that doesn't really count as an Assassin's Creed game in my head. Um, but Origins kind of makes you want to go in and just play it just to fuck about you know like an open world game should. Yep. There should be something in every open world game that goes. Do you know what? I'm going to fire that funny about for a bit. And that's what I'm doing with Assassin's Creed Origins because I'm needing to save a lot of these games. I could have finished Assassin's Creed easily, but I need to save it because I'm not going to be able to buy much for a while just now. Like after, <laughs> what is it? I've got it's, uh, 25 days from now. Yeah, yeah, not long. In 25 days time. Um, my daughter will be born, and most of my money, will be, most of my money's already going that way. But like I'm holding games. Um, so anyway, yes. Uh, at number two. Uh, number two number three uh, it's because of the the numbers uh, I have got Splatoon 2 at number three <laughs> nice. uh, I, I genuinely adored this game I still adore it uh, they're still adding content to it it seems every week they're adding new weapons new maps new everything they're updating it they've got a big push behind this game I just really wish they'd fixed online so that I can just pair up with Andy because the features in the first game they had it there that you can just group with friends yeah. And they took it out. This trying to obviously force you to use the Switch phone app, which is terrible. So, me and Andy just done it through in-game invites, and there's easier ways of doing it in-game. Like Doom's proved to me that I play um, Doom. You just go X to whoever's online, invite to game. That's it. That's all you should have to do in these games. Never mind. Open a mobile phone up. Go on my mobile. F- no, you should have built a speaker. Create a room. Or... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Never mind that. And plus, the connection was terrible. Yeah, the yeah, the chat connection was awful. 
yeah, so Splatoon 2, like Andy said, it's a complete package. It's got full-blown story mode, hidden, weirdly. Don't get me wrong, it's not like grade A fucking amazing story, but it's like quite a hefty career mode. And it's kind of hidden. Like, you have to actually turn into a squid in the hub world and go down a sewer that's not even advertised or posted. You have to, like, watch for a squid guy that ducks down it, and it's like, see if you just walk past that all the time. you think it was just a guy ducking quirky bit yeah, in the game you wouldn't, you wouldn't even realize that it was like an actual like bit you could go into because it's not a doorway or anything like no. that. it's just yeah you have off. to turn into a squid and drive into it but yeah anyway that's fights is i'm going to chip through that and play it but splatoon every time i put it on i just went nah, i just want to go online and roll over like and as much as i'm not i played more splatoon 2 online than any other game in the past two years like i love that game online but i tell a lie old republic last year i was quite into with dave Remember, I was playing that quite a bit, yeah, but yeah. Um, Splatoon Two is just superb, and this is not a game that I'm going to. But did you want? I'm so happy I did. Like, and for somebody that hasn't played much of Splatoon One, it's refreshing. And from what mm-hmm. I can hear from Andy, they've refined, they've refined, refined things that maybe needed work on, but it isn't a whole uh, change in you know reinventing the wheel or anything. But Splatoon Three will definitely be a day one for me. But Splatoon Two, if you've got a Switch, you should buy this game, hundred percent. <laughs> if you want a proper shooter by Doom but if you want a fun shooter that, yeah, every, you're always mm. going to get a match yeah. within seconds in this game um, whereas Doom will, it's candle will burn out I don't care what people say, it's Doom it's not like it's a stare um, number two not finished it, bought a season pass I absolutely love this game Xenoblade Chronicles 2 oh now, yeah? Okay. yeah absolutely phenomenal game like, <coughs> the art it looks nicer than Zelda um, it looks cleaner than Zelda. I don't understand what the big fuss was with the map that got updated. I'm happy enough with it. It's got that kind of Final Fantasy twelve kind of M- half M style feel where all the creatures and stuff are running about. You've got your party following you. You know, you can provoke, you know, like, um, you know, uh, the creatures so that they attack you. You can become a tank. You get, like, um, I call them summons, but they're called blades, <coughs> where you get th- up to three summons that you can send out. You've probably seen Pyra and she's part of the blade that was in the first game that Shulk uses, that cool red blade, but in this one you get fire running down it, but if you change to a different blade, you might have, like, um, fist daggers, you know, like, points that come out your fists that are made of mm. lightning and stuff, and, ah, oh, it's so cool, man. Like, and it's got a kind of in-game look, <laughs> say loot box. It's not loot boxes. <laughs> you, collect, you collect these cells, right? And these cells, like, every time you get one, you can open it up, and it's a random what creature you get, right, to be your blade. So that's fine. There's no in-game purchases or anything. It's just like, what are they called? Cores. You, know, you get your cores. You mm, get like yeah. a rare core. And you open it and it just goes, runs through and it goes, bing, you've got this one. And there's a collection. So there's a collection aspect to it. There's a massive, you're basically, the, the basic story is you're a diver and um, <coughs> you're hired by this team. And they end up like, sorry, I don't want to spoil them. So they, they, they betray you, I'll say that. And then... <laughs> something happens and you come back with a, a vengeance to destroy them because of their betrayal and you've got Pyra helping you, the chick, and um, you're on this mad quest and you end up... No, like, it's it's Final Fantasy, but not... It's made by one of the original makers of Final Fantasy VII, I'm sure. Yep. Um, that's what Xenoblade is. It was the guy that left stuff in because he didn't like the direction they were taking Final Fantasy VIII or something like that. But, I mean... This, this game's also got songs by um, Final Fantasy artists, like, like they collaborate with Xenoblade now, and I mean, Xenoblade's been going on for 
years and years. But Chronicles 2, you can pick it up and you don't have to have played the first one. I haven't and I do That's not good. feel that. I do not feel that, oh, wait, what's he talking about? What's this? Hmm. There might be winks and nods that I'm not picking up on, but as far as I can see so far, not a bit of it, apart from the red sword, but there's there's nothing that links it. The world's completely different. It's almost like a Final Fantasy, if you know what I mean, where Final Fantasy VIII, yes, there's like chocobos. Some of the summons are called the same, but it's different. It's more it's more like that than a true, like, you know, a follow-on. It's not like yeah, a follow-on yeah. cool. in that game, so absolutely amazing cast of characters it's got a voice acting that compares to Nino Kunai I would say because it's all English and Welsh and Scottish and it sounds brilliant to me however it does become great during the combat sometimes but it's, it's just what it is but yeah absolutely love it um, so that leads us to the number one game of 2017 from myself and for the first time ever in 42 level 1 Andy I think this is the first time we've ever agreed in game of the year First time we've ever agreed on a consensus, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and to be fair, our list weren't that different. Like, but I, my games that I had were games that you haven't played, apart hmm. from Battlefront Two. But that's because Star Wars. But <laughs> so Andy, <laughs> I'll let you announce uh, the game of the year, but by overwhelming fucking majority. <laughs> yeah, by by far the game that I played the most this year and uh, you even more so than me uh, Legend of of Zelda Breath of the Wild like by far the best game of this year Uh, for for me the best Zelda game hands down probably one of the most important games in the past 10 years yeah yeah and and it's actually quite incredible to me that that this game made it to be my game of the year because I do not like the story in this game one bit at all but everything else about the game is almost perfect like which and and it's strange for me because like i i generally put story above all else in games which is why i love these like visual novels and stuff like that that tell a fucking really cool story but zelda has no story for me that is of any interest at all like Like, i I couldn't give it and i know you like it but like i couldn't give any fucks about the story but everything in the gameplay for this game is insane like all of it is perfect. The combat is perfect. The shooting of the bows and whatnot is perfect. Um, even the even the breaking of the weapons, right? Like, yeah. whilst that seems really annoying in the early part fast, of the game, yeah. it's actually quite refreshing because you know what happens in like a game like like a Skyrim or that when you pick up a weapon and you're like, oh, I really like this weapon. I'll just keep this. Like, maybe not as hard scam because I'm sure your weapons did break eventually in Skyrim, but uh, but in those type of games, like big open war games, you'll Final go, fantasy. oh, I really like this weapon. Uh, yeah, or like Horizon. Uh, I like using this weapon. I'll just stick with that for the rest of the for game. For the rest of the game. Yep, you never yep. try anything else. <laughs> and you never bother anything I was else. trying spears. I've been trying hammers, axes, boomerangs. Yeah, and I mean, in some like aspects of the game, it's actually much more beneficial for you to use an axe instead of a sword or uh, a hammer instead of a sword like that sort of thing so it really kind of challenges your perception of Zelda especially because I mean Zelda is always really just used a sword (laughs) he's always just used a sword and a shield and in this one it's like no no use a sword if you want but also use a hammer use a spear use a a fucking a twig a rope (laughs) not a rope but uh, use a torch like that sort of stuff so a leaf a leaf, yeah, and and I mean even outside, even outside of the combat, like a lot the of leaf. these things yeah, have, have uses, uses. Yeah. yeah, and other things so, like the leaf you can use to like move yourself around on on the ship on the boats, um, the torch you can use to like light shit up, set stuff um, on fire. 
set stuff on fire, uh, which solves puzzles for you, as well as uh, as well as like being able to uh, to like burn actual <laughs> burn enemies and stuff like that as well. Because some of them food. are really sub- some of them are susceptible to the fire. And yeah, to cook food, like I you loved can... the fucking cooking in this game. Like I, I cooked uh, tonight, Andy. Um, I say cooked. <laughs> I done like my sort of cooking. I dropped some mm. raw meat and set mm-hmm. it on fire so that I get cooked meat and that's as far as I went with cooking I went I don't need to cook I've also before I've dropped uh, meat in the snow and it froze mm. the meat and mm. yeah I've done that yeah like uh, I love the cooking I would say, say that like I put 70 hours into this game and and I spent at least 5 to 10 hours of that somewhere in that region just cooking food like just chucking it like going around collecting like different food stuffs and chucking it in the pot to see what it made and some of the like the things you could get gave you some really good buffs like uh, there was I, I eventually got like a recipe which was like meat plus uh, hearty truffles I think it was mm. and like if you mixed enough of them together then it would give you full recovery plus like 8 hearts like 8 extra hearts so it gives you like the yellow hearts yeah. I've not done any cooking as you know. So, like, I fucking love that. Like, and just the, the fact that you've played that oh, 170 a, odd hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and haven't even touched that is mind-blowing to me because I used that, like, so much in the game. Like, anytime when I was going to, like, go and do, like, a boss fight or uh, going to, like, a new area, I'd be like, right, I need to, like, go and uh, get, some, get some raw foods and then cook them together. Like, I would go get all my I would collect all my raw foods and then once uh, once I was like okay I think I've got enough I would go and cook all of them into dishes every single bit like See, even if it's just two apples my craziest thing with this game is the last time I put hours Final Fantasy 7 I never mm. thought I'd put this much time into a Zelda game I never mm. have put this much time into a Zelda game Zelda games 40 hours burn it done mm. this I'm nowhere near finished even the, the base I've finished the main story finished that I've done that in maybe 30 hours but see, just the exploring, opening the temples, just finding shit to do. Never mind the season pass that I own. I've I've only got eighty six temples. I don't even know where half of these are going to be. Yeah. I just tonight tried the the, you know, the story DLC where I told you it gives you this weapon and it takes your hearts down to like half a heart, so you right, can yeah. kill anything anything with one hit twice. But if you get hit, you die. I've only just done that and I basically you have to clear out four monster camps and there's like two bosses there's like two goblins Andy with 800 health mm. so like right. I'm like <laughs> right and I've got half a heart so basically yeah and there's bats flying about and you're mm. not allowed to swap your weapon or anything you've basically just got this staff and your bone arrow so I was having to tactically run about throwing bombs and you know using my arrow and see so just mm. doing that and like having to rethink the way that the game showed me how to do stuff and not even that, in the main, never mind the season pass stuff, there's a part in the game where you go to Knothole Island, I think it's called, and you wake up on the beach and it strips you of all your clothes and all your weapons and all your powers so you have to think like you did at the first part of the game, and it's like taking you back to like realising oh shit, I need to find a stick to hit this okay, mm. I need to go in and sneak attack him you know, like you start feeling vulnerable again, and it's the, the way the game can do that and change it up enough so that you don't feel like, I'm king of this, I can just swipe my way through this. At not one point in zero do you ever feel that confident. You always feel like there's something more you can do to help you along the way. And the game signposts absolutely fucking nothing. It lets you explore, mm. but it somehow you end up paving your path around this world. Like, it gives you the odd direction. Like, basically you're told, yeah, Zelda needs your help. <coughs> it doesn't tell you anything after you've done your first tower. It's just, oh, I'll go and see what this is. And it's the joy of exploring 
that yeah, I don't yep. think that we've had in games since shit. I'll say the first Pokemon, that joy of finding oh a new Pokemon, that sort of feeling. Like, and I'm talking red and blue. I'm not talking about Pokemon's <laughs> seventh the issue seven thousand that's out now. I mean, the original Pokemon when you first walked into that grass, meant oh, what is it? What is it? That's what Zelda made me feel like at the age of fucking 32 and I am nowhere near finished this. I will have over 200 hours by the time that I'm finished with this game completely and I don't even know if I'll be completely finished with this game ever because there's still Master Mode, Master Quest Mode. This is a game that even once I've completed all the shrines, I will want to go back to the start at some point down the line, maybe at two, three, four, five, six years, I will want to play this Zelda again because it was a damn fucking fine game. Story aside, yeah, did you finish it? You did finish it, yeah? I have not quite finished it yet. I have beaten all the Guardian Beasts and I have gotten the Master Sword, so I'm pretty much at the point where I can go and fight Ganon. I just haven't got around to right. doing it yet. So I'll leave that bit out just now, but there's all the wee side bits like Forest. There's like, what, 999 seeds to find or something crazy like yep. that? It's insane. I'll never probably do that, but I do want to get all 120 shrines. And that's where it differentiates itself from Mario. Because in Mario, I don't feel any reward. But see that aha moment of every shrine that you get? Some of mm. them you walk in and you go, that's how to do it. Walk in, walk out. See, this, it's like, ah, uh, hold on a tick. How the hell am I supposed to? I don't get this. And you have mm. to come back, go out. Some of them you have to solve between two shrines because the puzzle split between two of them. Do you know what I mean? Some yeah, them... I've seen that, but like I did, I did one of those, right? And I got to it and it's like, the Dueling Peaks one, I think it is. Yeah, and I've only fast travel yeah, I've between them both. I've only unlocked one of them. And I'm uh, like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've got, what, say, I'm on 86 or 85. So that's hmm. five, 15. I've got 35 left. And I'm now at the point where I'm like, where are these shrines going to be? Because mm-hmm. they hide the shrines so well in the map. Like, see, even the thing, if you think it will work in Zelda, most of the time it will work. Like, if you walk past a torch and it's on fire with your arrow, your arrow will go on fire. And if you yeah, fire that, at, if that. you fire, if you fire that at like a goat or something, the goat will go on fire. And when it dies, instead of picking up raw meat, you pick up cooked meat. Uh, mm. it's, it's incredible and like if you're carrying a flame and it rains like you have to avoid thunderstorms you have to see just the first time you come across a thunderstorm and you get electrocuted and it's like shit and you realise you have to de-equip all your armour and wait for that's what I like like the environment in this game didn't pander to you the environment wasn't going to make it easy it's like if it's going to rain at that time of the day there's nothing you can do to avoid it that's the weather forecast so if you're climbing up a peak and you slip down you can't do fuck all except wait like you have to wait and I like that it didn't baby the player and it's like no at this point in the day in this cycle there's going to be rain and a thunderstorm if you want to climb that mountain you better fucking wait I love that like it's just a case of fuck you like and hmm. I don't mean it as an annoying way and it's like sometimes if you look across the valley it's that beautiful you can see the thunder clouds moving across the valley and raining in a separate area from where you are and I just I love every bit about it and I've still not explored the whole place because you can go in and see the traveller's path and see where you've walked for the entire game up to 200 hours worth of gameplay and there's still entire chunks of the map that I've not visited because this is what is it not like uh, half a size bigger than Skyrim like Skyrim and a half is the size of this map pretty much yeah I mean it's way bigger than Skyrim like uh, in, in terms of like open world games like this is better than GTA. Skyrim. It's up there sure. with GTA Five size map in it. Uh, no, no, it's bigger than that. Like in GTA Five's, no, I don't think GTA Five's as big as Skyrim. But, uh, but like I, I fucking love this open world. Like 
unbelievable the amount of different shit that's in it. And it's the even the that, stuff like, that you forget about. Like you can mm. down. Yeah, like plus you've got your horses and stuff like that as well. You can catch and tame and uh, summon to you as long as they're nearby-ish. The, I mean, there's a couple of bugbears with it. Like, there's no opponent without an amiibo. That's kind of annoying. Like, I yeah, thought they but... should have done that as a quest line rather than an I... amiibo. I do agree with that one, but see, for the rest of, like, the, like I had this argument with Fraser recently, the rest of the unlocks for the Amiibos aren't necessary, because if you want the green tunic, you can fucking earn that in the game. Like, you mm. can earn it. So if you want it, you earn it. Don't scan for it. But Apona was a bit of a, yeah, you can't get, you can get Zelda's horse, but you can't get Link's horse in the game. Nah, mm. but without paying £10, because basically that's what it is. If you're buying that Amiibo, tenner. So yeah, a tenner for me was that was a bit shit from them. They could have added a pona or added it as a quest, like you said, like the quest mm-hmm. you get for the royal horse. I definitely do agree with a pona to a point, but for you, see for the rest of the unlocks for the amiibos, nah, they're not necessary. It's window dressing. Yeah, I mean, I, I've used the only time I've used the amiibos is when I've been like, I want to go and fight something just now, but I don't want to go and get all the stuff that I need oh. from. Uh, from materials like in terms of the, the food stuffs I, so I, I scanned the amiibos and got a few food things I, I kind of see that but like I'm better at Zelda than you there's no way about it I'm also better at Mario but obviously I, <laughs> but Zelda I didn't use the amiibos till I completed the main story hmm. I just didn't want to so I bought them all as cards obviously but like I bought them all um, and I used them after the fact but Fraser wanted to use it after two days of playing I think that's a bit of the I want to finish this quick and it's like Zelda's a game that you need to enjoy. <laughs> mm, yeah. You just need to dive into the world and get absorbed in it. And uh, I, I think that using the Amiibos for like getting food and like bits and pieces of stuff like that for elixirs and that, I, that doesn't really take add or take away anything. It just so, it saves you a tiny little bit of time. But I think that if you're using like the Wolf Link and stuff like that, those actually Wolf give you an advantage. Yeah, yeah, those actually give you a big advantage in like the combat because he fucking attacked for you. Like yeah. I haven't used I haven't used that, like because I didn't get that amiibo. So I haven't used things like that, and I never got a pona. That's the only one that I'm annoyed about the pona. The other ones I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, what a fucking great game that is, and like like I say, I've still not finished it, and I've still got loads and loads of shrines to do, and I haven't even unlocked the full map yet. I think I've still got two areas That's left. That's insane. Here left to get <laughs> see the craziest thing is it's the first Zelda game where at first I was annoyed but I don't really care that it, it changed an iconic character's look be, mm. be beneath everybody's noses without anybody really complaining too much that Zelda did not wear the green tunic for the entirety of the game like you have to complete the game's story and do extra to get the green tunic unless you obviously mm. use the you know the cards but to get the tunic of the wild the, the main one for this game um Oh no, sorry. The tunic of the world is a blue one, but like yeah. this game changed Zelda's look—a blue tunic with a black. Whereas Zelda, he came out in the eighties, was green. He looked like a green elf, and mm. he still is an elf-looking guy. But they've changed his iconic look, and no one really batted an eyelid. It was like, all right, Zelda, Link's blue now, and everyone was fine with it. I think it's because, like, I think the reason they changed the coloring of him is just to make him stand out just a little bit in more the in the world. Yeah. Because yeah. in the in the wild, it's very there's so much greenery everywhere, and you would kind of get lost a little bit in the mix. So it's just to make him pop that little bit more. They made him blue, but it works what, what, absolutely perfectly for the aesthetic of the game. But what I enjoyed as well was instead of just 
frozen area, you had to get clothes that were suitable. Mm. Like you had to get like woolly clothes and like eat like stuff like heat resistant clothes. And that's probably the worst costume in the game. See the thing that makes you look like a rugby test crash test dummy doll. Yeah. I hate that fucking costume. It's so shit. Um, but yeah, like everything about this game is amazing. Like thinking about it just now, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go and play maybe a wee bit of that before. I go to bed, but then I want to play Splatoon as well. But this has been the year of the Switch, folks, and like I'm still so happy with it. And it's almost a year old. Like, and next year's if this is just the first fucking year for this console, what's next year going to bring for us, man? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it kind of says to me that they really knew that the Wii U was dead after maybe a year or two years, and went, you know what? Like, we need to start planning for the next, uh, yeah. the next console and uh, switch over development for the most part of like Zelda I mean I know Zelda came out on the Wii U but so much better to play to be able to play it in handheld and uh, yeah, and on the TV oh, yeah. but yeah I think I think they've definitely switched over things like Splatoon 2 and switched over uh, yeah and bringing Mario Kart over and stuff like that it's such a strong fucking year for like debut year for a console to have the best Mario the best Mario game the best Zelda game like the best, the Mario, best Mario Kart, Kart. game like holy fuck! That's your three three of your biggest players in the first year. Uh, and I mean, Pokemon that's... next year. In Pokemon, yeah. Well, maybe not next year, but maybe like... not next year. But the next full Pokemon game is going to be Switch. yeah, a, a proper fucking Pokemon game like coming. So I I can't wait for that, and uh, I I really want to get to play Xenoblade because like it's Xenoblade sounds like it'd be right up my alley. Yeah, definitely. Like Xenoblade's a phenomenal game that wouldn't work in any other console. Um, hmm. it, it generally just wouldn't suit another console, maybe PlayStation. But like honestly, this it's it's never going to come to PlayStation. Plus the fact that they've announced Bayonetta three is coming exclusively to Switch, and Bayonetta one and two is coming out like the end of next. Well, the, in about five weeks' time. Yeah, uh, I that's cool. Wait, man, I've I've pre-ordered them again. I don't know what the big game is for January. To be honest, in the Switch, I haven't had a look. Mm, Wolfenstein, sure. maybe. No, I think that's later. Mm. Not sure, but I mean, like, Bayonetta 3 is a big one for them to get, because everyone so high-praised. Bayonetta 2 was, like, one of the biggest-rated games of the year it came out. Mm. Everyone thought Bayonetta 3 will go elsewhere, but no platinum stuck to their guns. It's like, well, Nintendo paid for it to keep it alive, so obviously we're going to give them Bayonetta 3. I mean, I think Nintendo's probably paid for Bayonetta 3 as they, well. They will I, have I think, as well, but... Yeah, I think they've got more of an audience now that they can sell, like, and obviously that's why they're redoing Bayonetta 1 and 2 again. So that they can, because they, the like Bayonetta two got some amazing reviews. I mean, I'm sure it was your game of the year, like it that came out. So and like, I, I can't wait to play that. that. Like, yeah, it was phenomenal. It's up there with either it or Devil May Cry. The remake is the best hack and slash I've ever played. It's as okay. good as Devil May Cry, so you will enjoy it. Yeah. Like, so I can't wait to play that, and I, I can't see us getting mm. Bayonetta three next year. But no. like the fact that Bayonetta one and two is coming, and I've never played Bayonetta two. And the version I played of Bayonetta One was the PS3 version, which was it, hot garbage. It, so here's the best thing: they first they first announced that it's just a special edition Bayonetta One, but nope, every version of Bayonetta Two comes with a code for Bayonetta One. So basically, mm. for your forty forty five fifty quid, you're getting both games. Yeah, it's fucking cool. But yeah, like Zelda, Zelda hands down is the best Zelda. game that came out this year. It's one of my best games of all time that I've ever played. Yep, definitely um, the best Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I've finished it, it's going to be in like my top 10 games of all time, for sure. Are, here's a question for you. I know you've been against Season early, but are you going to spunk out and buy the Season Pass for Zelda? 
Uh, yes, because I want to see the, the nice. hero path. Like, uh, I don't yeah. really care about the other things, right? But I really want that. <laughs> hero path is awesome, to be honest with you. And you yeah. get the travels, which is so handy for me because I always like going time with the sort of wreck temple of time from ocarina and throwing the travel medallion there saves me transporting to the the midfield tower and then gliding down to the temple of time mm. to go to the shrine to pray to upgrade so i just it's great man like brilliant beautiful game and i can't wait to like forget about it for three four years and play it again like honestly see normally i would just go to the one that's in i think it's kakariko village Really, you go to that one? Nah, I just go one, to yeah. the one. <coughs> the temp. It just felt right doing everything. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't care what anybody tells you, right? This is the final word I'll say in Zelda. Well, maybe the final word I'll say in Zelda. The final word I'll say with Zelda in this show. It's better than Ocarina Time. Yeah, 100% agree. And Ocarina Time is a fucking amazing game, but really the, this is better. Game. This blows out of the water. Like, there's no going back from it, though. That's the hard thing about Zelda back mm. to the, the contain anymore the next one has to be breath of the wild 2 it has to be mm. and i would not be surprised if after that the director somebody else deal with this now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i've done my masterpiece someone else can do this now yeah but it's going to be very difficult change the landscape the game in year we're saying that the nods from zelda and like breath of the wild i believe Breath of the Wild made the whole gaming community take a step back and go, what the fuck? Why is meant to be battles, you know? Hmm. Nice. No, don't get me wrong. That's taken away from Zelda. Zelda's always meant to be a really good game, but it's always hmm. kind of, this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this, and that's it. Now, don't get me wrong, this has those steps, but it's just went kablamo, but you can do it all first or underwhelmed at all with the amount of tasks yeah I never felt like uh, like in Skyrim you accepted all these quests and you had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them open at one time and mm. in Zelda I didn't really feel that like I felt that anytime when I came across a quest it was like oh a quest like an mm-hmm. actual like specific quest someone wants me to do something specific cool yeah yeah love it anyway we better finish up because we've been mm. slightly over time just a little bit but I think it was worth it I think it was worth it uh, I would like to thank our guest for this evening that came the whole um, Puzzle Up on YouTube Bethany with her games of the year um, her debut episode 42 uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, also thank you guys for listening um, next we'll be back to programming with everything we've watched everything we've played and um, yeah in 18 yeah, happy new year. <laughs> happy new year. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned <coughs> for in about an hour's time, right here on allgames.com. Bye, folks. Mm-hmm.